Welcome to the ASAP College Breakdown, the premier college breakdown show here on the network. We're coming to you live on the Fox D network on the ASAP all channel TV that they provided for us as the first show going live here today. Um, today, we're going to have a good good show going here. We're going to break down the Thursday night college games, Friday night college game, break down the Saturday game. We're leading you all the way up to kickoff at high noon today on this great Saturday morning. And I'm going to introduce my co-host here, uh, Lyndon Crisp. How you doing today, man? Tell everybody about yourself. I'm I'm doing all right. Uh, uh, honestly, there's not much to tell. Uh, I'm a writer for. Uh, I cover the uh, Jaguars and the Chiefs right now, and I've been trying to cover the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers, but it's it's mainly just me just trying to get all these opportunities you know what i mean yeah uh, true that true that so you know i'd like to get everything started on the show here um we want to go ahead and get some few words in we got two commercial break two two videos from fox d um network tell them a little bit about the network so we'll be right back
This is the Fox D Streaming Network. Register to come on our channel at foxdnetwork.com. Welcome back to the ASAP College Breakdown Show, the premier breakdown pregame show, leading you all the way up to kickoff. We are a three-hour show. We're starting today, so we've been on for – this is our third episode. Um, two episodes with – one episode with me by myself and then I had a co-host – uh, Dre Montez, he couldn't be here today. So I have Lyndon Chris, who is our production manager on the show. He's also will be on the show today. Um, so we're going to be breaking down all the Thursday night contests, which we only have one game. We have four games on Friday. And then we're going to be covering about 18 games on Saturday here, leading all the way up to our game of the week at the last hour on the show. So and you can see here, starting down below, is all our platforms that we're on. If you want to comment on the day show, you can go to Facebook, and you can use the comments section there. We'll get your comments. We'll bring them up on the air for you. So all due time here, and we're getting it going. So these are all the, all the Thursday night recap here for Thursday night. So we got we have Appalachian State versus, versus um, I think it was Marshall. Yep, Appalachian State versus Marshall up in Boone, North Carolina. So, what was your thoughts on this game? Um, from uh, from what I've seen, like I got to see a little bit of it, uh, but I just felt like App State just couldn't. If I'm not mistaken, did App State lose? No, they won. Oh, they won. won? One okay, point. okay. Because last time I checked, I think they were down like thirty to twenty four or something like that. It was like a close game. Like going in, but I I just felt like I don't know I felt like Marshall had opportunities to seal that game, but they just it was like last week they just couldn't hold on, you know. Right. Yeah, I'm in Boone, North Carolina. Um, that's up in the mountains of North Carolina. That's where they located beautiful campus, nice football facility. Um, Cameron Peoples ran for three touchdowns and eight. Noel rushed for 87 of his 187 yards on the game, saving drive, and Appalachian State defeated Marshall 31-30 on Thursday night. Um, after Chandler Stanton's 45-yard field goal put the Mountaineers on top with five minutes and 45 seconds to play, the defense held. But Robert Lever's 45-yard punt pinned Appalachian State on its own eight-yard line with four minutes remaining in this ball game. Uh, Noel then carried five straight times. The last two was 41 and 22 yards to burst that put the Mountaineers three and one on the Marshall. Quarterback Chase Bryce. Now, that's an interesting story here about Chase Bryce. He started at Clemson, backup quarterback to Trevor Lawrence. He transferred out um, through the transfer portal to Duke University, which he didn't have a good season last year. And all of a sudden now he's had he's had, turned his record around his season now, doing very good with Appalachian State. So the change of scenery for Bright, um, Chase Bryce has been pretty good so far. So what do you think about the turnaround about Chase Bryce right now? I think it's pretty good. Like I, like I remember watching him like back up for Trevor, and like I, could, I just kept thinking I was like, this kid's going to be something special if you know given the right opportunity. And I thought he would have had that when he went to Duke last year, but like you said, he just couldn't produce. But the only thing that really concerns me is his deep throws. You know, like he can he can get those short passes out. You know, like a good five yard pass just to keep the ball moving down the field. But 
I just that's that's what's going to end up kind of you know messing him up in the end, you know. Yeah, yeah. To me, you figure he would have blossomed under um, Coach Cl um, Cliff because um, he had Eli Manning and all that when he was at Ole Miss, and he, he's been known for developing quarterbacks. Um, to me, I think Bryce just didn't fit in his offensive scheme. Um, the way he's more of a mobile running quarterback type deal, and they try to make him into a pocket passer, and he's not really a pocket passer. Um, he has to be mobile out there. And to me, that I think that Appalachian State, I think all the pressure's off him because he's not at a Power 5 school. Appalachian State, I mean, I think his skill level is fit for that for that team. And the concept, there's no pressure on him to win now. Um, Appalachian State does win um, pretty much. They're known as, you know, big school giant slayers and stuff like that. So, but Marshall came in with a highly, highly hopes to take this game. But, I mean, going up to Boone, North Carolina, up in the mountains, it's, it's a pretty difficult place to play. Um, Boone sits about, I think, it sits about 1,500 feet below sea level. So, the air is real thin up on the mountains. And so, I think it just they just ran out of gas in this game. Here, so um, once again, uh, Marshall lost to Appalachian State 30 to 31. Um, Marshall, Appalachian State led 7 6 after the one. Both teams scored 14 points in the second. Marshall took a uh, 10, point, 10 point lead in the third, and then Appalachian State closed it out with a 10 point lead. So the action, the missed extra point in the first, in the first quarter really. Dampered Marshall's chance in this game. Marshall is two and two, one and one on the way road games, and Appalachian State is three and one, two and zero at home. So, the next game we're going to be covering here today on the third is the Friday night recap. The first game it will be the Charlotte versus the Middle Tennessee State Middle Tennessee game. Um, what was your thought about that game? Um, I didn't get to see much of that game, but. I've always been a fan of Middle Tennessee, you know. I feel like they've been, you know, underrated in at least college football-wise. But I'm really excited to see how they're going to do this season. I feel like they can – I feel like they can at least try to get in the rankings, you know. Right. Yeah, I mean, today, in this game right here, I mean, I watched, I watched all the way up – through halftime all the way up to about the fourth quarter. Um, Charlotte 40, the 49ers out of Charlotte, North Carolina um, at the at Richardson Stadium, the new stadium they built. Um, the owner of the former owner of the Carolina Panthers um, is named after him. He put most of the funds in for that for that stadium. Very nice facility. Um, football is starting to up and come for the Charlotte uh, 49ers. Um, this is, I think this is their first year playing in the Conference USA um, conference and Chris Reynolds punched the ball in four straight times up the middle to score the ensuring touchdown with a leap over the pile from the one yard line. You know, to me, me playing high school football and stuff, I think one of the best things is when you see a player jump up and over the pile. I mean, that's just there's something about that and not having a linebacker in, the, in there. I, you know, that linebacker, you know. Situation should have been there, but I guess they blocked pretty good and they had him jump over to, for the game-winning touchdown. So, this, I mean, if you look at it, 
Frank DeBose caught nine passes, 114 yards, and a pair of touchdowns. Clevin Camp broke off a 44-yard scoring run at the end of the third quarter and racked up 101 yards, rushing in 12 carries. Uh, Chase cut him through for 379 yards, five touchdowns, five different receivers for the Blue Raiders. Um, the Blue Raiders are now one and three, zero oh and two in the first in his first career start. The junior had it the entire um, with five career pass scoring passes, 150 yards, single game's best effort after four lead changes through the second and third quarter. Charlotte wrapped two touchdowns around and Middle Tennessee, um, three three out of to grab a 35-24 lead with 10 minutes and 27 seconds remaining, breaking the pattern of the two teams trading scores. Uh, but the score drive is on consecutive possession, plus Reynolds' winner from the one, swung momentum to the 49ers, who are now 3-1 and one and 1-0 one um, this young season. I mean, the 49ers had a big win over Duke University, one of the lower tiers of the ACC Power 5 teams. Um, this year, uh, they lost a close one. Um, last last week, now they have broken this one off. So with the 49ers jumping up into the Division One level of school in their first year of Division One um, level, uh, I think the 49ers could be a team to be reckoned with. I mean, Charlotte has a lot of great players, high school players in that area. If they start keeping them there, uh, most of the time it's a bit it's a hotbed for North Carolina University football team. They they go up and get them. Um, so does Georgia. So does. A um, little bit of NC State gets some players up there. So, how does Charlotte compete with those schools for recruiting that Charlotte area? Because if they can keep the homegrown boys, this team could be really something special. Oh, it definitely can. And that's that's the problem I see with it. Like, I just like all these like lower tier teams like are not getting like the recruits they need. When like most of them are wanting to go to like Alabama, Georgia, Clemson pretty much any power school that you can think of. Yeah, I mean some but it, sometimes these schools do get some good talent um out of some other states and some lower tier talent where they come in with a chip on their shoulder and try to they want to produce themselves. So I mean if you look at it that way, I mean Charles right up in the thick of things and getting it because you know, I never heard of um, Reynolds, the quarterback, and he's been something special with them right now. He's three and one this season. Um, they want to know in Conference USA. So, if we're looking at, so we're going to go ahead and transition to a Power Five school, which is Wake Forest and Virginia game that was played last night. Uh, the Demon Deacons of Wake Forest, who are now surprisingly is four and zero, two and zero in the ACC. Um, they beat Virginia thirty-seven seventeen. The game really wasn't that close. Really wasn't close at all. Um, in the first two in the first two quarters, it was twenty to three at halftime. Uh, both teams came out, scored fourteen points in the third quarter. Wake Forest finished off the scoring in the fourth with three points. So, what do you think about Sam Hartman of Wake Forest and the Demon Deacons leading up right now? They're a four and zero and two and zero in conference play. Um, they are a surprising team. They had a lot of players had. Um, Replace on defense and offense. But Sam Hartman is getting the job done for Wake Forest. What do you think about the game last night against Virginia? Um, I thought it was pretty good. You know, I mean, I just I just felt more bad for Virginia, you know, because it just seemed like no matter what they did, like they could not make a stop. Like I think it was 
like 10 to 12 consecutive like drives they had, could not make a single stop and i'm like but I, I would say this about wake forest i mean especially with them being four now like i was i was honestly surprised that they've gotten this far like because i mean you, like you said didn't they get a win against duke the other day nah wake or, forest um let's see what i don't that no charlotte got a win over duke um me Oh yeah, Charlie. Um, had some wins over some some good teams. Uh, let me look at their schedule here. I don't have their schedule pulled up in front of me here. Um, let's see Wake Forest. Trying to see what they start off with this season. Okay. Oh yeah, way far started off with Norfolk State, uh, forty-one to sixteen. They did beat um, Florida State last week, thirty-five to fourteen, and they uh, played Virginia this week, which was thirty-seven to seventeen. And then they played um, Old Dominion, which they they blew out Old Dominion, forty-two to ten. That's their that's their four zero win in the two zero in the ACC by beating Virginia and Florida State. So we know Florida State is um on a really on a down year right now. Um, to me, I think Wake Forest is playing up to their par. Sam Hartman's been been outstanding. He threw for three touchdowns um, in the score. Virginia is now one that won the first two games of the season. Now they have lost the last two games by heartbreaker in North Carolina in, in Chapel Hill, and now they're on a two game losing streak. So you know they're four four. They're four and four right now, uh, two and two right now out of after four games, and to me, I think they did miss their one of their key stars last week, um, last night too, um, because he got injured in the North Carolina game. So I think their defense is what they have, without him is is it's not very good for Virginia. Um, so if you look at what it, what has transpired in this thing, Hartman connected on scoring throws of thirty nine yards to Taylor Morin. 12 yards to each to Blake Whitehead and A.T. Perry. And, you know, they had to replace, um, replace Sherrod, who didn't play last year because of the COVID. And okay. then they had to change. And the defense side, they had, they had Basham. They had to replace one of the best defensive players they had on the defensive end. So they lost some key players on the defense, but they just retooled here. The Cavaliers, like I said, is 2-2, two and 0-2 two, oh two in the ACC. Um, second straight week was forced to punt following a 59-39 loss to North Carolina, number 21 ranked North Carolina, in which they allow 699 yards by allowing 470, 473 yards to the Demon Deacons, many coming on big plays. So Virginia looks right now, their defense is looking susceptible on big plays because that's what North Carolina did. They did a lot of big plays on them. So what does Virginia need to do? What does Mendenhall need to do? Due to that defense that's trying to shore it up and now trying to get their offense back on track. I I think it's more I think they need to start out at least with learning a little bit more discipline. Like just take your time when you're on the field. Just just see what they're trying to lay out in front of you and just try to make the stop, you know. I feel like they can go back to being a great defense that they used to be. I just feel like it's going to take a little bit more time now, you know? Yeah. 
And then Dave Clawson is the head coach of the Demon Deacons. Um, if Wake Forest don't jump out early, because they've been jumping out early on these teams, if they get a they get a team that they can't jump out early, and they finally face that you know the difficult trend of getting back into the game and stuff like that, um, we ha- we have not seen that yet. Um, like I said, they beat they beat Florida State and they beat um, Virginia, and they played some couple of smaller schools in Norfolk State and. Old Dominion. So Wake Forest test is going to be coming up pretty soon when they've had to go against Clemson and North Carolina State. So what do you what do you see Wake Forest doing? Are you seeing them keeping this winning trend, or are you going to see them start um, faltering a little bit? Um, I could honestly see it uh, going. You know, I mean, they're going to have a real tough test next week up against, if I'm not mistaken, it should be Louisville. Yes. Um, so I think that will be their first test to see if they can really, you know, because, like, let's be honest, they've faced some decent teams, but it's not really been, you know, the power schools that we usually think of. when. We, but if they can hold off Louisville, I feel like it would be good to sit. I feel like they can hold off Clemson, too, you know? Yeah, and I could see them competing for an AC champ or ACC championship spot this year. Yeah, I, mean, I know it's a little early, but still. I mean, they got Wake Forest. They got Wake Forest has got Louisville next week, followed by um, a game at going up into Syracuse, New York, play mm-hmm. Syracuse. Then they're on the road again, playing Army up in Army on the twenty third. That's not going to be a easy game because they got to prepare for that triple option. Wow. Of the academy, so oh, yeah. I think they could get a little bit of hiccups there. Um, I, I see them probably going to easily beat Duke at coming back home on October 30th. But then, if you look at how Wake Forest got to close with on November 6th, they got to go to Chapel Hill to play number 21 North Carolina. Turn around on the on that following week to play North North Carolina State on November 13th, and then the Darton task of Clemson will be. They got to go that. They have to go down to Clemson. Oh, to it's going to be in Death Valley. Yeah, it's going to be in Death Valley um, on November twentieth. Then they got to go. Then they got they close the games on the road. They got to go up to Boston College and play that after they play Clemson. So if you look at it, Wake Forest has one. They have one home game, and then they co- they go on the road for two straight, then back home. On the road, back home, and then on the road to close. Last two games are on the road to close out their season. So, Wake Forest got a little bit of you know tests coming up here in the next, you know, in the next couple couple weeks here. You know, the only contest you're really sure of, I think they, I think they can handle Duke. I think that's going to part of be the sure win of all of them. Um, Syracuse is playing good at home, and we're going to be talking about them here. In, you know in a few minutes here so okay uh the next game we're going to cover we're going to cover the actually let's go wait let's suffer right into the syracuse liberty and syracuse played last night um liberties um syracuse won the game 24 21. uh first quarter was no scoring good defensive battle in the first quarter um syracuse got on the board 14 answered 14 straight in the second quarter liberty got seven points in the second and then it was a close battle in the third, 7-7. Both teams scored 7-7. And then Liberty came back and scored 7-3. But 
it was they came up short in this game. So what what is your thought on um, Syracuse letting Liberty play in in um, huge freeze era at Liberty? I you know we knew Hugh Freeze was a good coach, but he, him and playing at Liberty and turning Liberty into a like a miniature powerhouse team in that lower tier of Division One schools. So what do you thought about Hughes Freeze's um, job they're doing at Liberty and Ding and then Syracuse letting them stay in this game? Well, um, from what I've heard, you know, Liberty's been a pretty good team. You know, they've always had uh, good running backs to over the last couple of years. But um, I feel like I feel like Syracuse kind of let off the gas a little early, you know. I felt like they could have just held on just a little bit longer after halftime because if I'm not mistaken, it would have been like fourteen to uh, yeah fourteen to seven going into halftime. But I just I just felt like Liberty's defense probably held up a lot more than it should have because I didn't get to watch the part of this second half. I got to watch like the very beginning, but that was pretty much about it. Yeah, the the second half was the second the second quarter was the most productive quarter out of for Syracuse. They scored fourteen points, and then both teams traded seven points in the third, and then Syracuse had three points. So if you look at the second half, Liberty Liberty won the second half, but didn't win the first half. So the first half was the tell story. The second quarter was the tell story to give Syracuse the boost for the win in this one here. But a huge freeze has done a pretty good job with Liberty here the last three, two to three years. And he's still doing a good job. Dino Barbers, um, I mean, he's doing a good job at Syracuse, but he's not really being that productive coach. So do you think Dino Barbers is on that hot seat? Oh, yeah. I definitely think he is. I mean, because he's had, what, a good couple years to try to produce as well as he can and it just he just have, hasn't lived up to the hype, you know. I mean, because if I'm not mistaken, then he have a losing record last year at Syracuse. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, I would definitely say he's in a hot seat. Yeah, I mean, Syracuse can't match that basketball team right now in the football. I mean, they've been good. They had you know McNabb and all them, and that that time there, but. He he wasn't the coach then, so Dino Barber is, is gonna have to be shipping, shaping up. He needs to get some wins here, and playing that Liberty team, which a Power Five team should just knock him. But you got to handle the huge freaks. He knows how to recruit. He's getting players buy in the system. Um, the three and one, the one and one on the way games. They, I mean, Liberty is gonna be a tough out for anybody because that he's got a great coach and huge freeze on the situation here. Uh, the Flames, um, cuts of breaking into the AP top 25, missed out on a chance at the big win. The Flames could have notched a key win over a Power 5 conference opponent. The Flames have just one more game against the Power 5 team left on their schedule. Liberty will play at Ole Miss, and that's going to be a tough place to play in Ole Miss. And Ole Miss has been doing pretty good so far this season, too. So, um Right now, the Flames has got to go to travel at UAB. That's not going to be an easy game either. UAB has been coming on pretty strong in their football. Um, stuff that transpired down in UAB where they disbanded the football team. They got a bunch of 
petition they brought the football team back they died to disband it again they got another petition bring it back so i think uab football is going to be here to stay for a while and then syracuse will hit the road for their first conference opener against florida state so you know we know the you know the stuff we're going to talk about florida state here in a few minutes about their game coming up on saturday so you know Friday night game, we have four football games. So, what do you think about and over in general? What do you think about college football on Friday night taking taking over the Friday night football away from the high school kids? Really? Um. Well, I mean, I would say, like, at least from where I'm from, because I'm I'm from Waynesville, North Carolina. So, we really we only have really two big schools. Like, we have Tuscola and we have Pisgah. So we only like pretty much just show those games even if we do. So I think it's great to give these college kids an opportunity to have the limelight and get to show their talents to like potential NFL scouts and whoever, you know, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I know what you mean. I'm from North Carolina myself. Um, I'm from Henderson, North Carolina. I played, I played at Vance Senior High School, which changed the name to Northern Vance when we got Southern Vance came in. Um, the team, my team used to be pretty good all the way up to after we graduated, it started falling downhill. They combined at both schools now. We got one school called Vance County, um, high school. Town. It's not the one up in Charlotte. They got one, they got a Vance High School up in Charlotte, but this one's in Henderson on the opposite end of Charlotte. So, I mean, I understand I, WRL TV5 in Raleigh that does the big high school um, show on Friday night. Um, so, with Tom Suter, I don't know if you know him or not. I don't know if you see WRL down your way or not. It sounds a little familiar, yeah. Yeah, yeah he did. He, he retired, but he did all the high school. And that's what we lived for in North Carolina on Friday nights, you know, going to games and catching pizza. But me, I think it's I think it's good for college football because now they can add more games on TV and put more school like the small schools playing the big schools, getting them a little bit of notoriety on the ESPN and try to up the recruiting level a little bit there too because you know the exposures that the small schools did like Liberty, um, like Middle Ten- Middle Tennessee, those schools right there they play on ESPN yeah but you know they give good showings. So, you know, you might start getting some recruits looking into them because, I mean, they got some good academic schools and stuff like that. So I think it's pretty good for them to actually jump on this bandwagon a little bit here and catch it on. So we're going to turn our attention right now to the last game on Friday night, which is UNLV versus number 22, Fresno State. This game was a close. This game was pretty close than what I thought it was going to be. Um, if you look at it, UNLV scored first, 14 nothing after one. Number 22, Fresno State, came back with nine points in the second to make it 14 to nine. And then the second half, it, that's when Fresno exploded. Um, 13 points in the, in the third quarter, 13 to seven. Um, scoring margin there, UNLV only got seven. Then in the fourth quarter, uh, Fresno scored 16, and, Fresno, and UNLV only scored nine to equal it at 38 to 30 win by Fresno State. Were you surprised that UNLV kept this game actually pretty close? I I honestly was, you know, because usually uh, with the UNLV, it's it's more of you'll either get a big blowout or you'll get like not a close win, but 
or not a close loss, but like a 10, like a double digit loss. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm, I'm surprised that they held themselves up like that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Fresno's done pretty good for themselves and, Oh, UNLV is 0-4 and 0-1. And, you know, Daniel Gutierrez, 30-yard field goal with three with six minutes and 38 seconds to play. Hayden Crawford struck again with a 26-yard TD. that made it 35-30 with four minutes and 53 seconds to play. But Hedner finished the game 30 on 42, 378 yards and five touchdowns. So Hedner's... Um, Night for Fresno State is the one that kept him kept Fresno going in this game. You know, it's close, but you know, to me, I think you on the 0-4 UNLV team playing a uh, number 22 ranked team, Fresno State, and it's probably one of the best years Fresno State had in a while. So, do you think Fresno State is going to keep that number 22 ranking for a while, or are we going to see them start faulting? Um. I mean, I could see them maybe getting a little bit higher. Like, I could see them probably getting up to 18th, maybe 17th. But that's, I feel like that's pushing it. But if anything, I feel like they're probably going to fall off. Maybe, maybe stay at 25, if anything. Yeah, to me, I think Fresno State, as the season goes along, I think they could move up a little bit. They're playing, they're playing that in a weekly conference. So I think they could run the table, but they go, they're going to have some, they probably have a lot, a few knocks on the way. I don't think this is a, a very dominant number 22 ranked team in the nation, um, Fresno state, but you know, they, this is the best season they had in a while. So oh, yeah. Yeah. Keep, yeah. So, um, we're going to come right back. We're going to go, we're going to hit another commercial break here. We'll get our Fox D network um, sponsors into, into the play. And then we'll come back and we'll start breaking down the series game. We're here from nine to noon, all the way up to kickoff. This is the ASAP college breakdown on ASAP network on the Fox D network. Fox D Streaming Network. Register to come on our channel at foxdnetwork.com. Welcome back to the ASAP College Breakdown. This is the College Breakdown premiere show. I'm Ray Cruz with Lennon Crisp here. Uh, we're coming to you live. And so the first game we're going to break down is the number two Georgia versus Vanderbilt, the doormat of the NCC college team, which I call the equivalent to a high school team in, in Tennessee. Um, this game will set the stage right now. The game is starts today at noon. Uh, the venue will be at Vanderbilt State Stadium in Nashville, Tennessee. You know, country music laying there. 
Um, how to watch it? You be watch this game on the SEC network, which could be on the ASAP network, but unfortunately, can Georgia comes into this game three and zero. Vanderbilt comes with the one and two. So, what, you, what is your thought on this Vanderbilt game today? Well, I am. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to the defensive. I feel like it's going to be a more of a defensive matchup than an offensive. Like I feel like it's probably going to be like a low scoring game. Because if you look at Georgia's defense, they've just been elite over the last couple of years. And I feel like, you know, short of facing Alabama and Clemson, pretty much everyone they've faced, they've shut them down, you know. And I feel like – I'm not sure. I've, I feel like Vanderbilt has a decent offense, but I don't think they'll be able to get past Georgia, at least easily, you know. Right. Yeah, the defense is still the topic. Um, we don't know what's going on with J- JT Daniels. For them, um, Stenson, Bennett Stenson has come in and produced the last two games. Um, so we don't know what, what kind of issues that is coming along there. But we know the top, you know, Georgia is a top ranked defense right now. Um, they still got clashes with Florida. They still got clashes with Tennessee. They still got clashes with some most of the SEC schedule. And then if they make it all the way to the championship, I don't think they play Alabama in the regular season. No, uh, they don't. So they'll meet them in the cha- championship. They can get past Florida and stuff. You know, Florida looked good against Alabama last week too. So that that's going to be a good game, watching the defensive battle here in Jackson. That game will be played here in Jacksonville, Florida. Call it the largest cocktail party, and it is the largest cocktail party there. Because I've been there a couple times the games since I live now in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, I'm only about 20 minutes from the stadium, so okay. that's here. So if you look at that, so if we look at if if the big if here, if Vanderbilt can pull the win, what will they have to do to pull the win here? I feel it's more of just shutting down the run game. And I feel like once they're able to do that, I don't think Georgia's receivers are able to get that separation that's needed. So I feel like I feel like Vanderbilt can get this win. It's just a matter of if they actually want it. Right. Um, some of the notes I came up with, some of the stuff I've been reading about this game um, from the sports writers and stuff like that. Um, first of all, Vanderbilt's Dolphins is not razor sharp. They're not capable to go up against the Georgia defense. I think Georgia's defense is going to have some pick six in this game. I think that's what's going to turn this game around for, you know, Georgia. But I think Georgia's offense has woken up, too, with Stenson Bennett behind the quarterback um, position. That Since that battle, that defensive battle in Clemson, and Georgia really got a gift when that interception pick six in Clemson. That's really helping win that game. That was an actual defensive battle. That was two right top rank, two right top defenses going at it in Clemson and Georgia. But Georgia got the big hand on that big um, mistake by Ugalea for Clemson's quarterback throwing that pick six to Georgia's defense. So Georgia's defense is capable. Um, some of the key points here they all mentioned too: the Commodore defense it cannot come up with big plays. They have to come up with big plays today when you want to beat a uh, top tier team like a number two ranked team. Your defense has got to come up with some. T- takeaways and turn Georgia's offense away when they get into that red zone area. And they have not done that this year. 
way Georgia's offense had some few problems. I think they got some of the problems worked out. But Vanderbilt's running game works against worked against Stanford's defense, which we know Stanford's defense against the runs has been very solid in the past five or six years on the Shaw. Uh, but they, you know, they still, but, you know, like I said, the Bulldogs quarterback, JT Daniels, came back from injury and was brilliant against South Carolina. So since Bennett turned, they put a JT Daniels back in. I can't win his injury. He came back and looked good against South Carolina last week. We know South Carolina had that quarterback that they pulled out of nowhere. You know, oh, yeah. Yeah. what was his name again? I, 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 I remember seeing it, but I can't really I remember. Can't, yeah. Yeah, I think he was a, a sports writer or something, and he just come out of nowhere. Really? Yeah, I think he was a sports writer. Hmm. If I ain't mistaken. Um, against South Carolina, he was he was a little bit faster. He can get off the field and wrestle up a better. He was able to – JT Dan was able to, you know, produce in the fourth quarter after running games defense put this way early. Um so what is your scoring – what is your prediction on the scoring in this game here? Um, well, like I said, with me with me thinking it's going to be a low-scoring game, I think Georgia is going to pull out the win 14-10. to 10. Well, yeah, I can see that score too because it could be a defensive battle, but I don't think Vanderbilt's defense is going to be playing the capable they could. I don't think they're going to get any turnovers. I think Georgia's offense is going to start rolling here. I think Georgia's going to go big, and that's going to go 44-10. The over and under, we like to play the over and under here. Um, the over and under is 53. I think you can go ahead and bet that 53. Yeah. Georgia's going to go. I think that's Georgia's – I think Georgia by themselves could go over the 53 points by themselves. Oh, definitely. So, I don't know. Vanderbilt, it's going to be kind of hard for them to score. I can see. I can pre- technically. I can see a fifty-three nothing game or a fifty-five nothing game, technically. But they, but yeah, you know, they usually. I think Vanderbilt can get at least ten or fifteen points, maybe. So. Yeah, Nate likes it forty-five to ten. Sure, <laughs> Nate. Yep. <laughs> Georgia. I think Georgia. I think because if you look at it, Vanderbilt. I think the SEC could move, could have moved Vanderbilt out of the SEC. I don't think they're SEC program. Uh, they haven't been well in a while. I think they're just relevant at doormat team and just giving their all the SEC a, a you know a boost of wins, but but not for them. So, where would you see them moving to if they did move out of SEC? I think Vanderbilt could go all the way down into a lower tier like Conference USA game place. You know. I don't think another Power Five is going to go after them. I think so. maybe Pac-12, if anything. Yeah, but yeah. I don't. But I don't see Vanderbilt moving because they just added Texas and Oklahoma. Oh yeah. To the you know for next year, so that I don't I don't see Vanderbilt leading. I just I just see them just going to be a doormat team because I don't think technically a lot of people don't want to go to Nashville to live. And that's one thing, and. Where their stadium is, I mean, the stadium is nice, but it's not like a luxury stadium. Not up to up to that. It's more like a, a lower tier, um, a higher tier high school stadium than a lower tier college stadium for an SEC school. Oh, okay. That's just that's just my that's just my thought. 
No, no, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, because I've been to Vanderbilt Stadium a couple times, and yeah, you're you're absolutely right. It's like high tier high school, low tier college. Yeah, I don't think they just. I don't think they just got to where they can do anything really. Um, I haven't been up there to really see if they what kind of what kind of location or what kind of stuff they got going on up there. Um, but we're gonna go from a lower tier stadium to a wonderful stadium of of in the Happy Valley here. This game we're gonna be talking about is Penn Penn State versus uh, Villanova. Um, Rankings here up on the board. Penn State comes in number six. Uh, this game is high noon. The venue is at Beaver Stadium. So like I said, we go from a worst stadium to a good stadium in Beaver Stadium. I've been there a couple times. It's a very nice place. I've been there on white on the game Whiteout, which he calls snow game. So it looks like snow. <laughs> I know all the white shirts and stuff. Man. I mean, to get the stadium live and loud, I think it's going to probably be hard for Villanova to come in. Uh, this game is going to be on the Big Ten Network. Um, Penn State comes in at 3-0. and Nova comes in at 3-0. and Showdown of 3-0, and but it's totally different 3-0 in, in this situation here. Penn State's been playing great up to this point. Uh, what do you see out of this Villanova and Penn State game? What will Villanova have to do to win this game and shut and shut that Beaver, Beaver Stadium crowd down? It's, it's definitely going to take a lot with Penn State. Like, especially silence in that crowd. Like, I haven't been to the stadium myself. I want to be, like, I want to go to a Penn State game eventually one day. But I feel like Villanova, I feel like they just need to get that offense going early. Just hit hard, hit fast, hit often. And I feel like maybe if they can do that, they can hold hold themselves up long enough to get the win. Right. But... I, I don't know. Penn State's been pretty good the last couple of weeks. So, I mean, I, I I seriously doubt it. Well, you know, this is some of the key points that they we have come up with that Villanova's got to do. Um, they just got to lay up of an F, FCS team for Penn State to roll. The Wildcats are unbeaten with a terrific defense that on, that's only allowing a thing of 89 yards, total yards so far. And ranked second among all the FCS teams in total defense. So you got an FCS team that is, you know, pretty good in the FCC standard, but then moving up to the FBS level and a Power Five team in Penn State. Penn State's been looking good all season long. Um, Villanova doesn't have the talent to beat Penn State, but it leads the nation. Turnover margin helped by 11 takeaways. It has forced mistakes and capitalized on everything. So, what what Villanova has to do is turn turn the ball over. When these small schools come to play these big schools, you got to turn the big schools over and have your defense play shorter field, not longer field against these power team. And Villanova doesn't have the power of that. You know, they leave the turnover margin, but only thing that's going to hurt Penn State is the quarterback starts turning the ball over. So if Nelson starts turning the ball over for Penn State, then it's going to be you know a long a long day, long time. So, so what's the key for Penn State to win this game? Um, 
a key for Penn State, I'd say, I'd say, I'd say defense, really, because I mean, like you said, the offense, as long as they don't turn over, they should be fine. But I feel like, as long as their defense holds their ground, I feel like they can secure the win and just keep that winning streak going. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Penn State's three and zero. Yes, the two wins is over Wisconsin and Auburn. So, I mean, they played still a competition two out of the three games they played this year. Yeah. Uh, the Wisconsin game was great. I watched the whole entire game. The defense played battle. They turned Both teams turned the ball over. Penn State turned, turned over Wisconsin more in that ball game. The defense turned them away three times. I think it was three times in that game in the red zone. So, the red zone defense has been stepped up. Auburn came in with a good, good running attack, good things. That game was – I didn't get to watch all that game, but they turned their game into a win. Um, looks like James Franklin is getting that thing going up in Penn State. Um, he had that thing going down in Vanderbilt, and then when we, he left Vanderbilt for a bigger job, uh, who who blames leave Vanderbilt? I mean, you know, I mean, he had that thing bowling in Vanderbilt to get this job at Penn State, but you know, you got Penn State now. You up in up in they call it Happy Valley up there in Penn State. And it is happy up there because I've been to a couple games up there. I went to the Michigan game when it was the first introduced all whiteout game up there. And that was a great game. It was snowing. It was cold. But I mean, it was a raucous crowd. I sat in the student section. I went with a, a friend of mine whose brother went to Penn State and got us in the student section there. It was actually pretty fun. Pretty fun game. It was a hundred, I think it was a hundred and three, a hundred and four thousand people there the night. It was Damn. standing room only, and they have a walkway thing. They made that standing room only. So I mean, it was a good game when I went up there. And it's a loud stadium, a rocking stadium. It, it bounces. So I mean, it's a good home field for Penn State, and that's what's going to help happen today. They Penn State is going to cook, have home cooking. Um, I think there are two things. Two things got to be: is not the quarterback can't turn the ball over, he can't fumble the ball. The receivers got to be outstanding. Villanova could be a dangerous FCS team, you know, this year, but they're stepping up to the FBS. It's a totally different animal, totally different animal in the Big Ten with a power running game and the passing game with a high octane of um, James Franklin and Penn State. What do you see the score of this game? Hmm. I I can see the score being Penn State 38 to 20. I could honestly see that. Like, I just feel like Penn State's probably going to closer to the second half. I feel like they're just going to really take off and just keep scoring, like at least unanswered points. You know? Yeah, I agree with you. Um, some people are saying that Penn State is going to win forty-one thirteen. Um, I think it's going to be a little bit closer than that. I think Penn State is going to be thirty-five. I think they'll know who get twenty points. Yeah, I, I think because I think Penn State cannot play. I think Nelson cannot play that perfect game. Yeah. You know, he'll have at least one turnover in this ball game. It's, yeah, at least one. It's something about, about him turning the ball over some key points of the game. But like I said, I think they come on strong in the second half. But I'm going I'm going to go with 35 to 20 for my, for my score in this game. Yeah, I can see that. There – yeah, under and over in this ball game, it's a it's been said about 
35 points. I say you go underneath that. I don't think it's going to be be quite that. It could be over. It could be that, you know, they, they score that 35 to 20. That's over the 30, 25 points that they have for this game. So, mm-hmm. so I mean, most people are getting to know some respect for playing up in Happy Valley, but we know, we don't know. But they got that special kid, number 13, he's been all over the place the first three games. And that defense is cooking. If he's cooking on that Penn State defense, that Penn State defense is cooking. Oh, yeah. No, Seth. So, um, moving right along. Our next game we're going to cover, we're going to go back into the SEC. We're going to go with the LSU Tigers and the Mississippi State. Mississippi State has surprised me this season. Uh, they beat North Carolina State. I thought I thought they were going to end up losing because they looked shaky the first game of the season. Didn't play very well. And so this game is also a high noon. This is at Davis Wade Stadium in Starkville, Mississippi. This game will be on ESPN. This is the first game of the day for ESPN. Um, what has to happen for LSU to go into Mississippi State and win this ball game? I think their offense really has to produce because I'll say this, ever since Burrow left, they've just been disappointing me more and more. Like, I mean, they've been getting good recruits and stuff, and they have a decent team, don't get me wrong. But if I'm not mistaken, they're not even ranked this year, are they? No. No. Yeah, I mean, they went from being one of the top-ranked countries or, or top-ranked schools in the country to being unranked, and now people are like, "Well, can they produce?" And I don't, I don't think at least this week they are. I think. Yes. Oh, uh, uh, sorry about that. Uh, I was going to say, I think Old Miss. I think Old Miss is going to completely destroy them this game. I feel like they have the advantage defensive-wise, but I feel like offensive-wise it's a little bit more balanced. But I feel like since Ole Miss has has a better defense, I feel like they're going to get the win. Yeah, you know, if you look at UCLA, LSU played um, UCLA. They played pretty good. Quarterback Mac Johnson has been great. Keeping up in, in a possible firefight won't be a problem. On the other side, it's hard to generate sacks against the quick-hitting Mississippi State offense, but pressure matters. LSU leads the nation in sacks and tackles for loss. It's going to going to make the Bulldogs quarterback Will Rogers press a bit for an attack that already doesn't do anything down the field. So Mike Leach is here at, in Starksville. You know, what he did up in Washington State, he's trying to do, and he did at Texas Tech, he's trying to do here with the air raid, but it's not really working in Mississippi State right now because now the air raid's become a five-yard dink, and hopefully they get in space and get their players down the field. It's going to be tough against LSU because, like I said, the LSU's defense has been pretty good um, psych-wise and tackling-wise. So where does Leach have their target? They have to, to me, for – Mississippi State to win, they're gonna have to go for some big plays. And LSU's defense so far hasn't really given up too many big plays. And you know, you make teams drive down the field and hopefully Ben don't break defense and their pressure don't get to them. So if Will Rogers does press for Washington State, 
Do we see do we see LSU coming out with some pick six turnovers and short field to get that offense really going? I'm gonna say no. I don't I don't think they will. I feel like it'll be more more of like they'll they'll get like maybe one or two interceptions. I don't see a pick six. But I could see I could see more of them giving up big plays closer towards the first half. And then the second half, kind of getting focused and getting those interceptions that they need to get the game to keep the game close. Yeah, I mean, if you look at if you look at this these scenarios here, the passing game really worked. Um, it was a whole lot of dinking and dunking. There's no running game whatsoever to a full fallback on. While LSU's corners are future NFL starters, the pass defense hasn't been anything special for LSU. It's not as bad as 2020 starting out by giving up 632 yards in the opener against Miss MSU, but it's still hardly a rock. Rodgers threw for 419 yards and three touchdowns in a 31-29 and loss to Mississippi. He was down on the punt return, and sorry that I digress for the offense that dominates the time of possession. That helps by defense and that doing a fantastic job of getting off the field in a hurry. But the Bulldogs lead all SEC teams in third down stops. So that's a good key for um, Mississippi State because if LSU gets some third downs, they can rely on their third down defense, which has been pretty good on third down. I mean, they stuffed North Carolina State a couple times on the third down, um, getting them off the field. And that's what you want, too, in, in your third in your defense on third downs when you get off the field. And Mississippi has done that so far this year in, in a little bit of a high rate. Um, what's what does what does Mississippi on offense has to do more? Um, I feel like it's kind of going back to what you said earlier. I feel like it's making those big plays. I feel I feel like once they kind of try to uh, confuse the secondary a little bit more. Just get those like 15, 20 yard passes, and I feel like it would probably be the best decision for them. Yeah. How you doing, Dre, man? Welcome to the show this morning. Hey, what's, what's up, Dre? My bad on the time zone, man. I don't know why I got confused this morning. I don't know why I thought it was at nine instead of eight. My bad. My bad. Oh, no. You're good, dude. I did the same thing last week. I totally understand. <laughs> this time yeah. zone and the different shows I'm on, I got, a, I got a little confused, overwhelmed, man. But good yeah. morning to you, gentlemen. Good morning. We're we're talking about the LSU Mississippi State, but I want to I want to get off the topic a little bit here. I want to get your thoughts on that Florida and Alabama game last week. You know, going into that game, I'm like everybody else. Alabama's going to destroy Florida. We we know what Alabama has. We know all that. But something happened. Dan Mullins found out how to coach. He out coached Nick Zabin until the last drive of the game, the last possession of Florida. I don't know what got over him. I don't know if he got nervous. I don't know if he saw a ghost. <laughs> I, I I cannot explain what ha- we should have beat Alabama last weekend. That that should have been like when Texas A&M and Johnny Menzel beat them. That should have been like the Auburn game. I mean, it, that was our game last week. There's no way we lost that game last week. Yeah. I I was hoping Alabama would lose, but you know, 
is what it is, what it is, what it is, what it is I guess. Um, so now we're going we're gonna to jump back into the topic here. We're talking about the LSU-Mississippi State game. What does LSU have to do to beat Mississippi State? And what Mississippi State has to do to beat LSU? I like to call Ed Ogeron the coach on Waterboy. <laughs> but he needs to understand this is not the team of the past. He has to coach the team that he has now. And that's hard for coaches to let go when they have a good quarterback and a good team, good chemistry, and they're trying to move forward. It's hard for them to get over the hump. It's really hard, and that's what he's going through right now. But LSU needs to win this game. But as Daffy, Daffy Duck said, Mississippi State, they're going to give them issues. They're going to give them problems. Yeah, we were just talking about it, that Mississippi State is right now one of the best teams on third down stops. So if it gets in that third down, they can rely on that defense and get, them off, get LSU off the field. But what does Mississippi State and Mike Leach's offense – need to do to beat that LSU defense. He's going to throw the ball over 400 yards. We already know what Mike Leach is going to do. He's going to say something at halftime that nobody understands but his wife and daughter. He's going to say something after the game that he's making a point to probably two or three media people. But we know they got to air the ball out to win this game. But, you know, the last few games, I mean, he did throw for 419 yards. Rodgers did in, in a 31-29 and 29 loss to Mississippi. But their passing game this year has been like dinking dunks and getting their guys in the space, you know, trying to hope they break one. They really haven't gone too much deep down the field. So do they have to go really deep down the field against LSU. See, Mike Leach, he likes exposure. He likes that. And this is the type of game to expose what he's trying to show everybody that the passing game is still there. So they're going to air that ball out in unconventional ways, probably like on a second and three. He's going to chuck it down yards by 50 yards. He's going to do one of those moves today. So now we're getting down to our part of this thing, predict your score. So, Lennon, what, what do you see as the score would be in this game? Um, I could see Ole Miss getting the win. I'm going to say, I'm going to say it's going to be a close one. I'm going to say 32-28. What game is this we're picking? What score? LSU and Mississippi State. Yeah. LSU and Mississippi State. Hmm. Yeah. Give me Mississippi State 24 to 10. So you're only going to give LSU 10 points? Yeah. They're having a hard time, man. I'm telling you, he yeah. can't let go of what happened, that he lost such a great team so fast. When you come into the program already in drive and not in neutral, as Ogeron did, and now he has to actually build a program, mm-hmm. it's a tough battle. Yeah. I look at this game a little bit closer than most, but I think Mississippi State is going to win 26-24. Mm. Yeah, that's real close right there. That's really close. Well, the only reason I said that is because the LSU quarterback has been playing – been playing pretty good so far this year, even though it, it's some of his records not really telling for it. But quarterback Max Johnson has been playing great. Um, he's been keeping up with possible firefighting. You know, won't be a problem. But I think I think Mississippi State, Mike Leach, I think they get that actually going down the field, passing game like they did at the air. You know what the air raid really is. If, if they win this game and it's a must-see TV game, he airs it out, the passing game goes in effect, 
They hit all the they dot the I's and cross their T's. We're gonna get the best of Mike Leach when it comes to an interview. Watch. And if they lose, <laughs> we might have to break out the encyclopedia, a thesaurus, a code book to figure out what he meant. But I mean, if you look at it this way too, I mean LSU does have two two corners that could be future NFL picks. So I mean you, you so, went from you went from a hopeful of fifteen to two. Yeah. Think about that. Let that oh, sit no. in with the coach. So yeah. that's Ogeron really has to earn his dollars right now. He has to really prove, let me show you what I can do. Because that was an inherited team he had when he got there. If, right. if we're being real about this, he didn't do anything with that team. He just coached them up. They already mm -hmm. had the pieces in place. So now, since you brought that little subject and leaving this, do you think he's on the hot seat? You can't lose this game. No. This, this, when you get a high-profile coaching job, you probably have two things you have to do. Don't lose this one particular game. Or you're going to get the alumni and an uproar, a booster club going to get on you. There's one game you got. You can lose every game, but there's one game you got to win. One game. That's what happened at USC. <laughs> Yeah. You have to win those particular games. This is why you got hired. We don't care about the resume. We don't care about how your wife looks, how beautiful your kids are, your family background, what your future looks like. We're hiring you to beat this particular program based on what you told us on paper and in the interview sit down. You said you could do this. And when you can't do that, bye. And now I got I got another question. I got a question for you, Lynn. What were you thought about the last week's game for LSU playing Ogeron playing his son? Um, uh, from what I got to see, um, LSU did they did all right. I felt like the offense could have been a little bit more explosive, but other than that, I feel like it was a pretty balanced game. From what I from what I've seen, I didn't get to see much of it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to be something you sitting on the sideline. What do you think he told his defense not do to his son? Don't hit my boy. Yeah. Probably didn't come out that way. Probably came out a little swing, but don't be hitting my boy. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's got to be kind of hard. You're the head coach of LSU. You're playing your son. He's playing the most one of the most difficult spots in quarterback, knowing that you're going to get blasted because your team has got – you know, their ability to sight the quarterback and tackling is their strong point, um, part of their defense right now. So, I mean, you know, him sitting on the sideline, every time his son gets hit, he's, he's part. I wonder if he made his defense run laps if he hit his son really hard. I, I don't know, man. We've heard some crazy story about coaches' kids through 30 for 30 stories and SEC story and documentaries and movies. I don't know if he probably took it easy on his kid. I mean, Ed Ogeron was, what, five, eight at five years old? So I, I, I don't know if he took it easy on his kid. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Well, guys, we're about to get ready to break down another two Power 5 schools. And I got some friends that are fans of this. I really don't like this team. I despise their fan base. But I'm not talking about the Clemson, but 
you know, Clemson versus North Carolina State today. I'm going to set the game up for you. This game will be taking place at 3.30. At one time, it was going to take place at high noon. They changed it to 12.30. Now they changed it to 3.30 for this game. This game will be taking place in Carlin Filling Stadium in Raleigh, North Carolina. This game will be on ESPN. Clemson comes in at 2-1. and one. NC State comes in 1-2. and two. Only, only one win. So, I mean, what do you think about North Carolina State? I think this is the year to get Clemson. Again, he's dealing with Ogeron's going through. He can't believe everybody's gone. He didn't prepare for the future. See, in college, you got to realize you have a short window of opportunity to seize the moment. Some college coaches get it. Some don't. Some live in the moment, especially when you haven't been there in a long time. And that's going with Clemson. But I think NC State, I mean, I'm not talking in days of Phillip Rivers or even as early as Russell Wilson. But I think NC State is in a position to do something that could wake up Raleigh. It could wake up downtown Raleigh if they go out and play this game the right way because Clemson is beatable right now. They are very beatable. They cannot stop the run. And they are a deep threat with that secondary. Yeah. I agree with you. North Carolina State does have two two run to hit monsters and Knight and Bam Knight and I forgot the other guy. But you know yeah, they don't they have a they have Larry back there quarterback. The question is though, this is my question to take. Can North Carolina State's offensive line hold up Larry? You know the last two years Larry got sacked and got injured and couldn't finish out the year his first two years, so is this the year that North Carolina State can hold Clemson's pass rush, not get into O'Leary? If O'Leary gets hurt again, North Carolina State doesn't have a, a good backup quarterback. Right. And I, I do agree. I do agree. But, again, I don't think Clemson is about the hype this year as we thought they were going to be. They got really exposed the first game of the year. We saw what they had. We saw the struggles last week as well. And I think if NC State does their homework, and does their readiness program and understand the the IQ of this game, they can go out and do something very special today. I don't know if it would be a quote-unquote big win upset because everyone knows that Clemson is not really that powerful right now. They have probably, what, three players on that team that could be someone to watch on a Sunday or someone that's exciting to watch right now as opposed to the last four years. Yeah. I mean, you got to look at Clemson's defense, too. I mean, the first game against Georgia, that was a defensive battle. The only thing to turn that game over was that pick six by Ugalea, the quarterback, throwing it right to the Georgia, right to him where he could turn it right to a pick six. He had to be looking at somebody in the stands. He had to. (laughs) I wouldn't have threw that game. I wouldn't have threw that ball. Tabletop football, Tecmo Bowl, Madden, Joe Montana. Nobody throws that ball. No. So I'm watching that game film with him sitting side by side when I hit the button play. Then I'm going to slow it down and look him right in his eyes and say, what did you see that we didn't see? Right. There's a certain thing is panicking, under pressure, and throwing a damn ball away. But then if you look at NC State, too, NC State is missing Patrick Wilson, their, their star linebacker. He got injured. He has He's out for the season. Apparently, uh, he got injured in that Memphis, Memphis, uh, Mississippi State game, which they lost in Starkville. 
and but they all the two wins that NC State because they got the the win wrong on this um on their standings. They're two and one. The two wins come from Furman and well, another small school team. Yeah, it's like a high school team, basically. <laughs> Nobody's playing college football until two weeks from now. That's mm-hmm. when the ball gets rolling two weeks. We're going to get all this BS out the way, give everybody their money they need. We're going to help your little town, your community, get y'all some uniforms, upgrade your stadium. But the real shit gets started in two weeks. After that, there are no more excuses. None. I look at it, I look at it this way here. You know, I don't like the school in Raleigh because I'm a Carolina fan. So, you know, I don't like that school in Raleigh. You got to let that go, man. You got to let but, that go. But, you know, I, I can look on there on a positive side. I'm not, I'm not biased. I can commentate on a, a game and stuff like that. That's why I'm in this position where I'm in here, you know, talking about it. But, honestly, I think NC State could win this game. And two, two things are really going to have to happen. That's going to be the two-headed monster running back. They're going to have to keep Clemson's offense on, on the sideline. Or, you know, let Clemson drive the ball down the field, keep the defense on the side. Keep oh, we're going to let them now. We're going to let them. We're, we're hoping for that right now. We're going to let them. So, I mean, if you look at it this way, we're talking about offense keeping our defense off the field. Now we're talking about our offense to keeping their defense, keeping the other team's defense off the field. We got, I mean, we got a reverse role. So, I mean, so NC State's got to put some points on the board. They got the keys is they got to run the ball. They got to keep O'Leary upright. Don't let Clemson get in there and start sacking because he's at risk of getting that injury. And he and North Carolina State's at one quarterback away from going into the tank, tank, tank bottom because that back of quarterback is awful. So, so now we're taking in college football. Yeah. So what do so we know Dorson's on a hot we know the head coach of the NC State is on a hot seat because NC State needs to win. Basically, that's what they need. They need to win. And those, are those pivotal games, man. You have to win those games that you got the job for. And it, and it's so hard, it's so hard about it. The whole deal is that. NC State is the only team in North Carolina that had not gone to the ACC championship game. Ever? They have never been since the ACC championship game has started. They didn't go when Rivers was there? Or Wilson? No, they didn't start. The ACC championship didn't start. Uh, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're exactly right on that. Yeah. You are right on that. Yeah. Yeah. Wake Forest won. Wake Forest went. North Carolina went. Duke, even Duke went. Yeah, that's when Duke had that killer defense, though. So, I think they put out three kids to the NFL with that defense, and like the punter or a kicker from that team as well. Yeah, so I mean, if you if you if you look at it, you know, if you look if you look at the stand if you look at the standpoint and stuff like that, and this whole thing about NC State is. They play up to their opponents, but if they don't play up to their opponents today, even though we Clemson is struggling on offense, I think Clemson could have a big day today if he gets back to the way he did when he played against Notre Dame last year. Okay, okay. No, I can see that. Momentum. Momentum can drive the game. I got you. So, to me, two, 
two key things that we have to look at, like I said, is the running back, the offensive line for NC State going up against that Clemson defense. If Clemson defense gets on the field more time, I think they go. I think NC State could have some turnovers, some pick six. Quarterback could get injured. I mean, a lot of things could happen here. I don't want O'Leary to get injured because I'm tired of hearing NC State fans saying, "Oh, the only why you beat us because O'Leary was out." Blah blah blah. I want O'Leary to get past this game. I want to make him all the way to the end of the season when he goes, so he can play against North Carolina, so I can shut NC State mouths up when we beat them. With that quarterback the I don't like when people use that verbiage. Hey, we, we won this game because of this. This guy didn't play. I want everybody to play. I don't want nothing to yeah. go wrong. I want your girlfriend to get to the game on time. I want your parents' flight to be on time. I want your aunt that really doesn't like you to be at the – I don't want no excuses. That, that is yeah. one of my biggest pet peeves in sports when people bring up – Remedying factors that we have no control over. No. We had no idea he was going to get hurt. Food poisoning. Hungover from last night. Suspended <laughs> for a fight in the dorms. We had no idea that was going to happen. But he knew that game was coming up and was on the schedule, and it circled on the calendar for a reason. Yeah. So that no excuse mess gets on my nerves. I feel you on that. Yeah. So what is your score on this game today? In Raleigh, North Carolina. Oh man, I got NC State winning this one 24 to 17. I'm well, yeah. something special. You know, like I said, you don't like I, NC State. <laughs> no, I got I got two I got two two ways to look at it. Okay. If Larry stays in this game all four quarters, then I think NC State can win that 24 23. Okay. But if O'Leary gets hurt in this game, and that's why I have my issues here, I think Clemson could win 23-16. So, oh. so I think Yugalea is going to come in and be tougher. I think he, I think what's North Carolina State had a hard time against Mississippi State is when Will Rogers broke that pocket out of there and he started running the ball at, in that quarterback position. They didn't really play that to a, to a stiff point because um, Willis went out. He's their best run stopper, best defensive player. He's like all over the field as a linebacker. And I think that's really going to hurt NC State in this game because, you know, Clemson likes to take that running back and throw him out there in the flat and let him run the ball. And they Wilson's have to. The, yeah, Wilson's one of those type of guys who can play that flat defense. And without that, you know, NC State is going to have a lot of issues. And if the running back from Clemson gets going in, the, in space, they're going to have a lot of issues. But like I said, I like NC State's running back in Bam Knight and uh, and the other guy that helps them out in the short yards. I think Bam Knight's a, a real treat on – but he's also on that kickoff return, so he's got double issues of get, trying to get – you know, end up getting injured or possibility stuff like that. So that could derail NC State too. But they're playing in Raleigh. So I'm going I'm to stick it out. I'm going to say NC State wins 24-23. You're picking NC State. Wow. Yeah. I'm proud of you. Wolfpack, go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, I you know, I have I have friends who I'm in this rivalry page and stuff like that. I have friends saying that, oh yeah, you you know, you don't talk about NC State and stuff like that. So I, I talk about everything. We break down the games here on the ASL Sports College Sports Breakdown. We break down the games that matter. We don't break down like Alabama playing. Uh, high school team and stuff like that. We picked the games that we <laughs> that we think is going to be good today, 
and we talk about it here on the ASAP Sports. That's not what ESPN did. ESPN is part right now talking about Alabama this, Alabama that, all the SEC schools. I mean, we, we break down the best schools of the you know, Until you day. bring Bama down, man, they're going to be the topic of conversation. But let's yeah. all just face it. We don't care where they're ranked at when it's all said and done in that championship game. Is that team going to be there? Do they have the capability to be there? Yes. Do they have the players to be there? Yes. But the opportunity came last week to dethrone them and put them in a situation where Nick Zabin is going to threaten some people and use his name and his power of influence to be in a consideration. Trust me, it was going to come to that. It yeah. was going to come to that. Yeah. I, uh, I forgot to tell you, the over and under in this NC State game is 47. You know what I was saying in my head is the over under 45. I was about to say that. That that's okay. that's a good over under. That that's a good over under, man. That that really is. That's a good one. Yeah. That'd be For right on. Purposes, guys. I, I I would I would I would call someone on that. I would say put me in coach if I was you. I I I'll say I'll I'll go with the under on that one. Because I mean if they go with my score 24-23, they ain't gonna win. That'd be even. But the ACC, well, Clemson have passed. And Dabo likes to air the ball out, especially if the running game is not working. And NTN is gone. So he doesn't have that real go-to guy he can go to when the passing game is not working. But he's still going to try to air the ball out in the first quarter. So if it's working, high scoring. If it's not working, okay. But that's the thing. It's a tale of two cities with Clemson this year. Yeah, but, I mean, Devo, he can adapt to game situation. He didn't do a very good job when he turned that ball over in Georgia game. What happened in that first game? Yeah. He didn't adapt to that. He didn't adapt to the way Georgia was playing them and stuff like that. But then the next game, he kind of learned a little bit, adapting a little bit more to the thing. See, when he got that good thing going for three or four years, you know, three years with the high octane quarterbacks and, Stuff like that. When you had, you know, Watson, then turn around, gave it to Lawrence. Now you got Ugalea. You thought Ugalea was going to be the next one guy. The way he played against um, Notre Dame, but you also got to think too, he had all Lawrence's weapons and ETN. Well, you got um, a Swiss Army knife. Yeah, I mean, what you going to do? He had a Swiss Army knife for five years. Yep. Now you get. Now you're really testing your quarterback. You know, quarterback depth now in Ugalea. So now. If he doesn't get the job done, what's going to happen? Who's going to be the – are they going to start benching? You think they'll bench him or are they just going to let him play out the whole season? It depends on how the first half goes. Depending on what the score is in the first half. If it's not a winnable game or a game that he can control and hold the lead, let's look at Dabo to lose his mind on the sideline yelling at his coaches and his players. Because yeah. he wants more production. Again, it, it's hard for college coaches to let go – of the ride they've been on. And they don't know how to refunnel the fuel. They don't know how to replenish the fuel, so to speak, because they get caught up in the moment. He was on a five-year run. Yeah. A five-year run they've been on. No, an yeah. eight-year run they've been on. They've been on a run for a minute. Talent oh. after talent after talent after talent was coming in. Someone had to skip a beat somewhere. Right. But it's up to you and your coaches to understand that and recognize the players that are coming in. We can't be these guys. 
We have to be yeah. us. Use our attributes that can help this program on the offense you're trying to call. But you're going to see today, if they're not playing the way Dabo wants them to play, the way they've been playing earlier this year after that Georgia game, he wants to throw the ball, chuck the ball bad. Now, if that doesn't happen, we're going to see some unconventional Clemson football. But I still got NC State winning this one. But, I mean, I look at it this way, too. NC State's corners, if they're – if they if they allow deep passes on them today, they're gonna be in trouble. Well, see, that's the thing. Everybody knows what Clemson wants to do, yeah. but they can't do it effectively with efficiency and with consistency that's making it up to the coach. So that can that creates a high turnover rate. That creates a quarterback patting the ball, moving his feet too much, a sack making the wrong decision, having the wrong read equals a frustrated coach on the sideline. Right. Again, coach, I'm not your last three quarterbacks. <laughs> so let's move out of the ACC into the Pac-12. We're going to go to this game, Iowa State versus Baylor. This game is at played at 330. This is in McLean Stadium in Waco, Texas. You don't want to go to Waco. Hmm. Uh, this game will be on Fox. The record: Iowa State comes in at two and one. Baylor comes in at three and zero. So, what is your take on this game? You got a two and one team, number four. I guess Baylor, Iowa State's number fourteen. Baylor's not ranked. Um, so, what do you see in this contest? Iowa State must control the tempo of the game off off the top. This is not a homecoming game, even though we're close to it. They got to treat this as like. We got to hold on to the ball no matter what. Take our time calling our plays because Baylor's going to try to speed the game up. They're going to have try to have a, a very high tempo game with this. And they got to Iowa State got to slow the game down. And they do have the ability to slow the game down with the way they call games and the way the players come in. They can slow it down a whole lot. But if they try to keep up, it could be conduct detrimental to the team. Call yeah. Back. I agree with you there because Larry Fedora runs the Baylor offense. We know what he did in North Carolina when he had talent at North Carolina. Then that talent ran out, and his time in North Carolina kind of ran out too. I, I like Larry Fedora. I like I like the way he ran the system, like his offensive schemes and stuff like that. But if you don't have the talent to run the scheme, then his offense st stutters. But even at North Carolina, he had a good defensive coordinator, and former Auburn head coach, and then he moved back into the booth. And he had to go get a defensive coordinator, and then that didn't work out very well for Larry Fedora. He got fired, and we know what's history in North Carolina. But Larry Fedora's offensive system in Baylor now, uh, running that hurry-up offense. They get to hike the ball every twenty, every 10, 15 seconds. That's his. That's his forte. He didn't that's want that play clock recipe right there. Yeah, so he wanted to, you know, get you your offensive line. If he doesn't. What hurt Larry Fedora more is when he has to substitute players out because now the new college rules, because of the no the hurry up offense and stuff like that, slowed it down a little bit so they get the defense a chance to change their personnel. So if Larry Fedora have to change their personnel and keep the same personnel in there, you could tire a defense out pretty well. So fat I agree guys with you. Gotta this. move fast, man. That's basically it. We need you fat guys to move a little bit faster. Hurry up! Hurry up! Hurry up! Hurry up! So I look at it this way. 
too, if you keep Larry Fedora's offense on the sidelines, that's the best defense to defend it because, I mean, if they can't, if Larry Fedora's team, they cannot get that very first, that first down, very first, first down, they can't read, he doesn't really speed up the thing. If they keep, if they can't get that first, first down, it's when they, after that first, first down, Larry Fedora likes to speed up his offense. That's the thing with the, with the Hawkeyes, though. They have a very readable offensive scheme they're coming out with. You can stop it, but you cannot get overwhelmed. We know we're going to be tight end infused. We know we're going to have motion receivers. We're going to throw the back out here. There's going to be some pump fakes. There's going to be a little play action here. But it's also going to be old-fashioned college football as well. So the defense has to be ready with Baylor because if you get complacent, Bad things can happen, and next thing you know, I was uh, the Hawkeyes are first and goal. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was state uh, Cyclones. Yeah, they they um. Yeah, Iowa State Cyclones. Yeah, when they played Iowa, that was a good game and everything. But I think their defense is a little bit. I think Iowa outmanned their defense a little bit with their physical running style. Larry Fedora's offense. Does have a little bit of they could run a, a little bit a physical style up the middle. That's where his running games like to go. That read option type deal. If you don't, you, you still got to play the defensive end. It's got to play discipline, and that's the thing by Iowa State's defensive ends. And that some sometimes they don't play discipline football and they don't play assignment football. I'm so Larry Fedora's going to be at the game today to give some words of encouragement to the team. Yeah. So I mean, if you look at it, if you look at it this way, and you're going into Waco, Texas, uh, God help you. <laughs> In more ways than one, I got Baylor winning this one big time, though, big time. Yeah. I mean, I like the I like the the pageantry of the students. They they fight a lot lottery to get their seats. So you run on, you get it all in this one thing. You have them run on the field to get their seats and stuff like that. That's pretty Might good. Fail. Somebody fell running. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They got trampled. Like, it's like <laughs> running with the Bulls in, in Spain. You know, they, they put you in town, you run with the Bulls. And if you get you get tackled by the Bulls, right. kind of dangerous. But yeah, a couple you, you guys have a punctured thigh, but you participated. Right. Get your little participation. All right. The Bears lead the Big 12 in total offense of 559 yards. We know Larry Fedora is like that high octane offense. Um, that's not surprising. But Iowa State's defense has been pretty good, and then Iowa State's running game has to be great today because that running game—you got to lean on that running game against Larry Fedora team. They need to you go high on that ball too. Yeah, you got to mix it in a little bit, but you don't want to mix it in too too fast. You want to see that's why I think the dink and dunk works very well with Baylor. You dink and dunk it down the, you know, Iowa State. You dink and dunk it down the field, you know. You're not giving up the deep passes. You're keeping the offense, Larry Fedora's offense on the sidelines. It's about the best defense you can do against Larry Fedora. And I think our will, I think our state will lead possession the clock because Larry Fedora won't. You know, that's another thing too. Larry Fedora's offense could get his defense tired, and that could cause a lot of problems too. Tick 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 tick. So. Yeah, tick, tick. Eat that clock up. Eat it up. Eat it up. Eat it up. So when you look at this game, what you, what kind of scoring are you looking at? As I said, I have uh Baylor just killing Iowa State on this one. And they put up they might put up 50 points on this one. I'm I'm seeing a 56 to 14 game in this one. Wow. 
You taking I've the seen over. a lot of points scored in this game. You're taking the over. The over is 45, 47.5. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's Baylor. How many times? What's the seconds they put out plays? Let's say 23 every, seconds. Every, every 10 every ten to 15 seconds. See? You take, How you going to keep up with that? Somebody. Somebody's going to get un, outwinded. Somebody's going to be left wide open coach. Yeah, sometimes he said he wants to hide the ball under with, you know, five seconds just going off the play clock. Wow. As that's, I, Chip as I, that's how Chip Kelly did it back in the Dizzy. So, I mean, but I look at it, I look at it a little bit different here. Uh, most model, most models got Iowa State winning 30 to 16. I think that's going to, I think that's going to be wrong. I think Baylor's going to put 45. I think Iowa State's going to probably pull up around 40. I think Baylor goes wow. 45 to 40. Wow, that's a lot of points. Baylor don't play defense. <laughs> when, when you're scoring that many points, you don't have to play defense. They I'm gonna tell you, with you. I'm gonna tell you this. Have you ever heard a cliche? Your offense wants to get the defensive tired. Well, yes. This offense is gonna get both defensive tired. <laughs> that's what you. That's what I learned, Fedora. I mean, you gotta have your defense in great shape because you. If you putting plays out five every five seconds, that means your defense is gonna be on the field more. Right, right. I do agree. I do agree. So his philosophy is to tire his own defense out and the other team defense. <laughs> they're gonna get tired of sitting and they're gonna get tired of uh being on the field, both sides. So that that game is gonna be pretty this is the game that we all that I wanted to talk about look here. And that that is Texas versus Texas Tech. Mm, mm, mm. Texas. You know, Texas Tech is not like that air raid like when Mike Lynch was there, but it's still gonna be a, a higher octane performal thing. This game will be taking place at noon, high noon, at DKR Texas Memorial Stadium in Austin, Texas, the home of the mm, mm, <laughs> Texas Longhorns. The hot uh, money making machine, more money than anybody in college basketball, college football, or basketball, or any college program. They got a high egg time boost. This game is going to be on ABC, Walt Disney own channel. Uh, Texas is two and one. Texas Tech coming in three and one, three and zero. Oh. So you got another Texas Tech team that's three and zero oh, going up against a two and one Texas. Uh, what do your outtake in this game going to be in Austin? There's going to be a lot of beautiful women at this game. I just want to point that out because Austin, Texas does not play at all when it comes to the women coming out. I don't know if you've ever been to Austin, Texas. Well, I've been to Austin. That's a, that's a different type of the country. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a different, that is something else. What's the coach name at Texas Tech again? It's, it's um, Goodness gracious. I can... He's a character. He is a I'm, not, I'm not sure. Let me let me see if I can but pull it up. You're right. The air raid is not there with Texas Tech. Yeah. Texas is trying to understand that Matthew McConaughey, all right, all right, all right, is actually a professor there on campus. But this could be one of those games that could be very high scoring on both sides. I feel like a triple overtime here coming because the fans going to get caught up in the hype. They're going to get caught up in the hype. With this game being in Austin, this, this this is something. I'm not a Texas fan, but I like I like the fans of Texas. I'm not a Texas Tech fan, but I love those Red Raider fans. This could be one of the, 
those high scoring games that everybody's looking on their phone at all day today. They keep scoring, they keep scoring. But Texas needs to make a statement and have an identity. It's going to be on defense. It's going to be on offense. Let let me know because I'm still undecided on this Texas football team this year. Yeah, the Texas Tech head coach of the Red Raiders is um, Matt Wells. Yeah, um, he did make a statement saying if, Ty, if his quarterback Tyler gets some rhythm, then he's pretty good. That's what Texas needs to do. Not get let him get in rhythm. Um, that's going to be a key. That's going to be a key point if because if he is in rhythm. Texas Tech is going to be hard to beat, beat because that quarterback can sling the ball. He can he throw it. In. He can he, throw he, it. He, he can he's, chuck he's it. He's accurate, too. He's accurate. And that's why I'm saying if he gets some – if he, Matt Wells said if he gets some rhythm, then it could be a long day for Texas defense. But if Texas defense gets in there with a sack party, you know, having a sack party, you know, all the good-looking women and and Bebo in the end zone down there don't get loose, you know, you'd be all right. <laughs> Them women in Austin, Texas, but that, that that that's that's different water down there. I, I can't even explain it. That is something special down there. But I mean, if you look if you look at it though, you know it's a pretty intimidating sight when you see a, a freaking bull with long horns sitting <laughs> in the end zone, and and you got a little bit of a fence, not a big fence. You got a little fence, and they gets rowdy down there. You know, you got how many bull handles you got? About five or six. Every- Everything is big in Texas, man. Everything is big in Texas, and they they go big time down there for college football. Except for yeah, the that, that that's a real intimidating that Longhorn. That's intimidating. Yeah, except for the handlers. The handlers ain't that big. If you look at the handlers. The real some small. The handlers are skinny. It's a couple of women out there too, and yeah, they want buck ten of that. A buck ten easily. No way. No. I mean that's pretty intimidating. That and then he gets that snarling going, and then huffing. Next no thing, no get delay. Hey, what what is Texas Tech's red color? Colors red, right? Red and black. They might not be wearing red. Hey, I'll be real careful. <laughs> really, <laughs> really careful. I, I bet it was in the seventies. They probably tried to kidnap the Longhorn the night before the game. They used to do that back in the day to intimidate each other and to initiate people into the program or whatever. But I hope this game lives up to the hype. I hope it's not one sided. Yeah. Um, Texas secondary gets tested today. Red Raiders will be hitting their stride. Um, but on the flip side, you're looking at um, what does Texas need to do to win this ball game? Texas got to play Texas football. They're going to need the fans to be involved. Quarterback needs to do his job. Do his job. Don't try to throw the ball in triple coverage. That needs to stop. Understand the defensive coverage. You're wearing different color uniforms for a reason. Figure it out who your teammate is, but don't make the mistakes that you normally make in high-pressure games. This might not be a high-pressure game to Texas fans, but for the quarterback of Texas and for Texas football this year, this is one of those identity games. Let's figure out who we are and who we're trying to be. Yeah, and – Speaking on that, um, so we thank you for leading in this. Um, Casey Thompson uh, for Texas has hit seventy-seven percent of his passes so far this this season. Um, Texas against Rice run the formula against Rice was run, run, run. They have four hundred twenty-seven yards total, four hundred twenty-seven yards in running against Rice. You know that's Rice defense, but you're gonna bring uh, up Rice as a 
footnote as a summarization rice yeah, yeah because that the key of my game today is they run 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 and keep the keep the texas raiders offense on the sideline don't let title get in that rhythm they're not gonna run that ball like that against texas tech but no, i see what you're trying to say but they, they, need, to, they need to have half the to i'm gonna tell you what texas win this game if they have half that 427 yards today. So they're going to need two, at least 220 rushing yep. to win the game. Yep. I say to minimize the turnovers, hold on to the ball, and air that thing out. Yeah, but you can't air it. I mean, you don't want to play air it out with Texas Tech, though. Do you? See, that's the thing. Why? Do, what programs are known for why do people try to go off of the path? Texas well, can air the ball out, and they have a defense. But they, for some reason to me, it seems as though, I don't know, it could be different for you. To me, they're really trying to emphasize the offense with Texas this year instead of, instead of trying to show the entire team off. Let me show you what our program here has on offense, defense, and special teams. To me, they're trying to show off what the offense can do. The defense has been like, whatever y'all can do. But it's early in the year. And it's maybe the matchups, the opponents they've been having. But maybe today could be a different scenario, a different outcome, and a different game plan. Yeah. And if you look at this, too, if Texas Tech put eight mans in the box to try to stop the run, you got you got Casey Thompson who's hitting 77% of his passes. And he's he's been looking good for Texas. So, what I mean, if you put eight man in a box, you're gonna pick your poison here. You know, like there you, go. you put eight man in a box, and you just showed he throwing the ball seventy seven percent of the time. That means he can read it off. He can read a defense, right? Right. He can right. read a defense. So you put eight man in a box. Good luck. Yeah, because I mean, he, he can check out. I mean, he's pretty good at reading defense. Because I mean, some plays he does. He checks out to the right read, like, like the last game against you know, the game before that when the game they lost. That one play that he did was he audible into a quick slant on a pressure man coverage because the guy didn't have the inside position. He was playing on the outside shoulder, so he called that quick slant and the dude took off, hit that quick slant. Next thing you know, he's down forty more yards down the field because the outside technique with the corner. So right. I mean he does he does know how to read the defense and stuff like that. So but I mean college's defense is not really complex like the NFL defense. Ah, some programs. I agree, but some programs they really want to push that defensive pressure. I'm a college. I mean Alabama's Alabama's you know, Alabama's a different story though. Not last week. Alabama's like a NFL team. Not last week. Well go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that. But 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 last week too, you said my Tar Heels won't gonna be Virginia either. So you know. Oh, you gonna bring that up? No, I'm just gonna let it, <laughs> I'm just gonna let it sit there for a moment. But anyway, so what what do you have this scoring look like? Oh man, I, I love the Red Raiders, but I need Texas to get back to Texas. They need this victory. This is going to be one of those 21 to 17 games, Texas. 21 17, Texas. In Austin, shout out to ECAB, Electric Cab in North America. Do your job. 
Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna play the devil devil advocate here. Uh -oh. um, you just say it's gonna be a close game. I'm gonna say it's not. I say Texas is gonna win the game, but I think Texas is gonna push it out, 34-23. 34-23. Yeah, that's like the second game you said 23. You're a Michael Jordan fan. Of course. Of course. There we go. He's the goat. Yeah, second game you picked 23. I think. Yeah. So if you if you take a bet. What do you think the over and under in this game will be? If you had to say 40. 61.5. That's what Vegas says. What? Yeah. Again, entertainment purposes only. <laughs> <laughs> if you have the ability to delay some cash today, this is the week. I'm telling you, in two weeks, you got to be careful about betting. I think the first five weeks in college football this year for the first time ever, you can come out in the plus zone. In the plus zone, you can come out. So if you, if you look at it, if you look at it, would you include Texas, LSU, Clemson, and Penn State game in a parlay? I almost hit a 17 parlay last weekend. I missed about one game, $124,000, 812 bucks. We wouldn't be here right now. We'd be somewhere else doing the show. Side by side. <laughs> that 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 sounds like a nice part later, man. I'm looking at some things right now on three of my websites that I gamble on. I'm looking at a little parlay right now. Yeah. I'm thinking about <laughs> doing some cash action today. I'm feeling good based on last week. Feeling good. That's that's some um that's some parlay right there though. That's dangerous. But 100 bucks on seven teams, and I yeah. missed it by one game. <laughs> but I mean, this week, if you got Clemson State, but you get if you put Penn State in there, because you know what Penn State might do. Um, but then I'm not you put Texas. Penn State no more this year. They, they ruined me. They ruined me. Ruined me. I'm done with them. I mean, they play in Villanova today, too. So, you know. Them smart ass kids? Hell no. What's the over and on that game? Uh, it was, I think it was 55. I'm going under all day. Villanova too damn smart. They can slow the game down. Oh, they got a good running attack. They got a good running attack. But, but then again, they also lead the nation in turnover. <laughs> Sorry. So now we're going to go. To what we call here, my wife calls this team Loserville versus Florida State game. Louisville. Yeah. And she calls them Loserville. Uh oh. That's what she calls them. She's a Florida <laughs> State fan. So this game is played today at 3 30 at Dope Campbell Stadium. And now get this. They they put the thing, they put this thing out. I'm telling you what, I should win money off this thing. Where is Dope Campbell Stadium located at? Is it Louisville? No, it's in it's in Tallahassee, Florida. They put Tampa, Florida. It, it may be on the cusp. No, it's nowhere near. It's nowhere near. It's in Tallahassee. Well, that's computer error. Yeah, because Tallahassee Tallahassee is two hours from me, and that's going west. If you go further south, Tampa's three and a half going south. So where are um, you at? I'm in Jacksonville. Oh man. I'm I'm all right. I'm 45 minutes outside of Georgia border. 
That's the that's the largest city by square footage, Jacksonville. Correct. And I wow. drove every I drove every square footage, three hundred forty miles. Man, almost took a job there in the nineties. Almost, almost took a job there in radio. Yeah, I wish I would have. Yeah, they got the ten ten XL sports program here. Yeah. So, but yeah, they playing today on ESPN two. Louisville comes in at two and one. Florida State, unbelievable, comes in at zero and three. Have you ever seen a Florida State team come in a game zero and three? I haven't seen this team look this bad since Burt Reynolds bought the uniform pants. Everybody thought it was ugly. That team did pretty bad. But I don't know who this Florida State team is. This is not how you memorialize Bobby Bowden. This this is this is daggone it. This is not what you do. I don't know who needs to speak up. Student body president, team captain, the chaplain. Somebody needs to talk to this Florida State football team and say, hey, what are y'all doing? Some this is sad. One of my good buddies is a huge Florida State fan, huge. Hot tub Dave. This guy can break down player by player about this team, tell you things about them that nobody can tell you about these players. He's that big of a fan. And to see this program perform that way, now that Jacksonville State game, that that, that was different. Things happen. Wrong coverage, anticipating the play, thinking you know better than somebody, not listening to the coach. All that happens, but I didn't see an 0-3 team in Florida State this year. They must win this game by any means necessary. Yeah, I look at it this way. Really haven't seen a Florida State team this bad. And, yeah, Burt Reynolds' days were bad. Yeah, we know that. They also had some good players in Deion Sanders and Ron Simmons. You know, Ron Simmons turned professional wrestler. Deion Sanders went on. Busby. Hey, and Deion Sanders went on and had a good career in, in the NFL and baseball and, and as a TV analyst, now he's back in coaching. Now, I want to get this out of the way, and I want to know your honest opinion. Do you think these players are really tanking to try to get Norvell out so they can get Deion Sanders in as head coach? It, it doesn't work that way, but we know the power of the student body. We know the power of the athlete the past two years. They have power. They mean what they say. So if they don't like you, yeah, there can be a stance. There can be a halt. But I don't want Dion to get a job this way. I don't want it to go this way. Because those kids that are there now, they want Dion right now. But Dion's going to be coaching kids that are not there right now. So I, I don't like the approach. I appreciate the compliment. But is this really the way you want to do this? Go out and play ball. Increase your chances of being playing and drafted to play ball on Sundays. Yeah, I mean, if if you look at it, if, if you look if you look at it and um, talk about that that scenario and stuff like that, I think I think to me, I think they are tanking because some of the plays you look at. Are some of the stupidest plays you see them doing? Quarterback taking off running at a certain point that you know nowhere being sacked. He just took off running one at one instant in that Jackson that Jacksonville State game. 
and that Jackson State game, Jacksonville State game, and letting Jacksonville State beat you in a hit rich tradition that you had. And Bobby, Bob, I know Bobby Bowles probably returning over in his grave. He's sideways. He's sideways. I mean, to me, what does Florida? What does Florida State need to do in this game to turn this game around? Because we know Florida State, Louisville has come in, you know, beat UCF 42 to 35 in a thriller. So we know LS, you know, Louisville, um, Louisville, Louisville can um, put points on the board. They showed you last week 42. I mean, no, both of these teams that ain't playing really good defense. So what does Florida State have to do? And I, I think this is going to be a good tell if the players are really tanking in this ball game right here. I think this is going to be good because you're playing a conference foe, and what a good way to get a win against one of your one of your teams in the Atlantic Division, and try to get that you know, oh oh no wins off your streak. Can they stop the three game losing streak today? In the words of Herm Edwards, Florida State must win the game. They got to win the game. Everything about this game, Florida State must win the game, the turnover game, time possession, rushing, passing, leading at halftime. They have to win this game in every last, every amount of a statistical category that equates to a win they must do today. They have to play Florida State football today. Whether they're tanking or not, if they lose this game, Heads are rolling. Emergency press conference tomorrow before the NFL starts. Somebody's going to get fired. Somebody got to go. This reminds me when Willie Taggart was there, the plays they're calling. It's that bad. But I refuse to believe that kids that I'm a, I want to call this like a camp visit. They're not staying very long. They're leaving at their body here. Unless they know what's coming through, and they're pushing for that coach to come and help help the guys that are coming through, and they know what's coming, okay, I get it. But Florida State must win this game. I mean, what's going on with Florida State? Is there is he lacking in the recruits, or the recruits don't want to go there no more? Or, it's, or, or does they need to get a coach leaves the program? It does something to the players he already has. And the players he has coming in that he has went into the homes and recruited. So now the message is lost. This guy recruited me. I made a commitment to this program. Now I get here. I have a substitute teacher. I don't even know. Now I got to get to know this guy. This guy didn't recruit me. He hasn't seen my game film. He don't know why I'm at this program, what I can bring to this program. So now you got to re-identify yourself. You know, it's like getting to know... Like if you have kids from someone else and your kids leave every weekend, you have to deprogram your kids when they come home Sunday night. Right. Because they've heard the nonsense since they've been away. And that's how these Florida State kids are and the coach are treating each other. They have to deprogram each other. They got to get to know each other. Because this is not what I signed up for. You're not the guy that enticed me, influenced me to come to this program. But now I got to go out here and play my best for you. But you're not using me the way you came to my living room and talked to my grandmother, my mom, my dad, my uncle, my cousin, my little sister. So now I'm confused on what to do. 
So I kind of believe you. The players got a little hand in this game. If they want to tank, they can. But tanking for a coach in college, does it really work in college football? Yeah, if you look, if you look at it that way, too, is Norvell getting the right people for his scheme? I mean, it looks like some of their players are not fitting his 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 um, formation, his uh, scheme of thinking, his defensive scheme, his offensive scheme. I mean, they have played good defense, you know, time during games and stuff like that. But the offense is sputtering. It's not like that offense he had when he was at. I think he was at Memphis. Yeah. So, so I mean, what what is the take here? But yeah, I mean, you got Florida State rich history. I mean, it's easy to sell Florida State because they're a winning program. They got national championship. They got you know a long time ago, different coach, different era. The game has yeah. changed big time. I mean, now guys' offensive schemes have gotten a little bit more different. The approach to the offensive scheme is a little different, but you're still playing football no matter what. You're still playing football. And Florida State needs to realize it. Let's take it back to its purest form. Let's get real simplistic with this game and its approach to this game and get back to our game. Let's slow it down. Take what the defense has given us. Don't rush anything that's not there. And when teams are coming out of a slump or struggling that normally are winning, you have to go back to that. Let's keep it real simple. Let's not get out of character. I know what we want to do. We can't stretch the field right now, but eventually we will. Probably in the second half, but you never know. The defense could get antsy, do something crazy, do a coverage they should have no business doing <laughs> and take advantage of that. But it, Florida State must play Florida State football, and they got to win this game. If Florida State don't win this game, somebody's getting fired on that coaching staff, somebody. A kid going to change his transfer that's coming in. Somebody going to change their mind about going to Florida State. Somebody going to transfer out due to the new policy. You can go somewhere and still play this year. All those things could possibly happen there if Florida State doesn't win. Yeah. So, I mean, if, you, if you're looking at that, I mean, if you look at it here, they played good against Notre Dame. They look good. You know, we know what they took Notre Dame to overtime. They that game, then they turned around and played awful against Jacksonville State. The Hail Mary get through to win that game. Then they looked ferocious against Wake Forest, mm-hmm. who has now looked unbelievable on the season that the Demon Deacons had. We talked about them earlier um, against Virginia. So now, what does they have to do? To contain Louisville, because Louisville does what they did against UCF. It's going to be a long day in the park, and they could go zero and four. I think I believe that's the first time in their in their history going zero four. If I'm a Florida State coach, I'm not talking about none of those games. I'm not talking about any of the games that we already played. I'm focusing on the future. So I'm talking today is like our first game of the year. That's how I would be so real with my players to get their motivation and get their attention. Today, we must do this, men. And if we don't do that, so what? We're 0-1. If they think about it as 0-4, it's really going to affect them. But if they go out here attacking this game as the first game of the year, appreciating what's there and taking advantage of it, 
capitalize on the opportunities that are given to them, field of position, also taking care of the ball. No turnovers. You got to turn that down a little bit. The ill-advised throws are big time. Right, and if you look, and if you look at it too, this game is going to give me a good barometer if the team is really playing for this coach or are they trying to get. And we know that Deion Sanders' name has been come up during the coaching um, vacancy when they hired Nobel. And we know that how they how Florida State did Bobby Bowden really in his last year there and forcing Jim Jimbo Fisher into the thing, and then he had a good run until that one important year, and then he decided to walk away. And he took the job at Texas A&M. And wait, he's having good success there right now. Because in Texas, you can really recruit better than you can really at a Florida school because you got to go against Miami. you got to go against the Gators. And now you're, you going, against, you're going against Nick Zabin. Go ahead yeah. and say it. Oh, yeah, <laughs> true. I mean, I mean, true. I mean, you know, like teams like North Carolina has been really good in Jacksonville. They have pulled some of these Jacksonville talent out of here and go to North Carolina. You know, so, I mean, people are dapping down into Florida. But Florida State now, but they had some success in recruiting under Bobby Bowden in different areas like Alabama. They got some good recruits out of Alabama. Stole some from Alabama when Bobby Bowden was here. Stole some from Georgia and, and Vince Dooley. I mean, he stole some of them recruits. He stole, he stole plenty of recruits in North Carolina. I can tell you that Bobby Bowden has – he stole a couple – Find things I thought was going to go to Carolina, but next thing he pulls the rabbit out of his hat coming up here, and then he and he grabbed him. I mean, but I mean, we don't see that no more for Florida State. We don't see what they're doing, how they're trying to keep the kids. I mean, you got people transferring left and right out of Florida State, and you don't you don't see that happen. We're not so, going to see the, those days are gone, man. That's the problem. That's the issue. I said there's about a few teams already. We have those teams are not those teams anymore. That the Florida State days of Bobby Bowden, uh, wide left, wide right, Deion, all that's gone. Thad Busby, uh, uh, Charlie, all that's gone. They need to get over that and move forward, go forward thinking with the program. We can't live in the past. Dad it. those days are gone. Memorize him, memorialize him, appreciate what he did for that program. But we gotta move forward. If they stay in the past, they could end up on four today. Yeah. So now, if you look at this thing too, so we we talked about how Louisville's offense is is more dynamic, you can score more. Florida State's defense has played pretty good certain certain situations, and they played good against Notre, with Notre Dame. But we know how Notre Dame ain't up to par really either in their last few games too. So you really can't judge that. Um, based on Notre Dame's performance. And then the Hail Mary and then the blowout by Wake Forest. I mean, come on now. Something's got to tell here. So do you see Florida State winning this game today? Hey, man, Louisville program has changed in the past 15 years. There's no telling what would have happened, what this program would be if the coach wouldn't have cheated his old lady and got in a motorcycle accident. There's no telling what this program would be. But they rebounded from that. They produce great talent with Lamar Jackson, and they're still putting out quality receivers, special team players, and linebackers. But that team is still a threat. And if Florida State, as you said, going this game trying to tank for the coach, I could see Louisville trying to put up a 70 spot on him. 
I, I could see that probably like an embarrassing situation for Florida State. If they don't go out here and attack this game and approach this game the right way, because Louisville can put up some points. They have shown you that in the past. They can put up some points. Yeah. And so if you look at if you look at that situation too, and we're looking at all the barometers. We know Saddle White is the head coach that used to be the head coach at Appalachian State. He was that coach that actually oh, beat Michigan. Carolina. Yeah. He actually beat Michigan, you know, that Appalachian State team. So we I know how that game. <laughs> so we know how Soloway has produced at uh, Appalachian, but he's starting to produce now at Louisville. He's at a power five school. He's starting to produce a little bit more talent. He's starting to take away those talent that he could get at Appalachian and bring them to Louisville, but they're actually working because his system allows that. So I think this game is going to be a 10 point. I think Louisville is going to win by 10. I think it's going to be 37, 27, mm. um, over and under 62 in this game. So Ooh. Ooh. you said 62, 62. Wow. That's, that's a good number right there. That's six, two. That's that. Ooh, that's, I may have to make a call today. <laughs> so. That's, that's an, I, I feel as though as bad as Florida state needs to win this, win this game. I can see Louisville beating them. I can see Louisville putting up 34 points. And Florida State only eking out either 10 or 17 points. I can see it right there. 34-10, 34-17 again. I'm feeling stronger than 34 today. And Louisville program has just come a long way. We're not just a basketball and soccer institution anymore. We're repping our hair on this gridiron as well. Yeah, I look at that too. And I mean, this is this is gonna be dangerous um territory right here for Florida State. If they lose this game to going over four, then you know it's gonna be some heads. Warren Lavelle out of there more and more, and I think I think his I think his coaching tender was kind of tanked when he took the job because everybody wanted because when they found out Deion Sanders was going to be the um, wanted to be a coach and what he did with um, Jackson State in the springtime games when they played he actually looked pretty good and recruit I mean you use that name but he's also a Florida State alumni too. And we noticed some of the Florida State alumni don't want to come back because, I mean, if you look at it, Matt Brown was a Florida State alumni. He didn't want to go to Florida State either. So, I mean, too, that, that was – Matt Brown from Carolina? Yeah, Matt Brown. Was, yeah, yeah he's, he's an ex-Seminole. Yeah. So, I think – I don't think the relationship with the people that run Florida State and Dion being a student athlete was as great as we think it was. That That's me personally thinking. When they don't go out to a former alumni that played in the NFL, was a household name, did great things on the field, off the field, in the Hall of Fame, and they didn't go out to that guy, there's something deeper brewing. There's something else that we have no idea that's going on. Maybe an apology needs to be made. Maybe somebody misunderstood somebody. Something needs to be explained. It's one of those situations. Let's talk it out. Let's figure out what the beef is. Or it could be the athletic. It could be the athletic director too. Athletic director not going after former. He wanted to do it his way, not everybody else's way too. And, and it's not working. So one or two. So I'm one or two. Tired of that in sports. So one or two things gonna have to happen. They are gonna have to change the athletic coordinator. He needs to be fired. 
they need to fire that you know if Norvell can get the job done and the players don't want to play for him you gotta let them know hey your players don't want to play for you they want to play for this guy we're gonna go after this guy we're gonna let you go so you can go find another job and stuff like that because Norvell will pick up another job somewhere else and probably be more accessible look at look what Fisher has done at Texas A&M when he left Florida State because at Florida State he was atrocious last three or four years there right. after Winston after Winston's team left he was he was horrible he went down and he left and went to Texas A&M now we'll look at it, he's rejuvenated his career so Norvell could rejuvenate his career with the same formula as Fisher but I would like personally I would like to see Deion Sanders come in there and actually give a shot at Florida State because I think he could bring in better recruits and with his name recognition, keep some of the talent in Florida and right. be competitive with the with the Hurricanes and stuff like that because he knows the program a little bit better in and out. I mean, he's got – God says he's got his freaking locker in, in clothes there. I mean, right. you got nobody can use his locker. I I never heard of somebody encasing the lockers. I mean, they got Ron Simmons' lockers in case, Burt Reynolds' lockers in case. I mean, instead of retiring the jersey, they retired the lockers. He, he so did some good things there. But here's another name I've heard about, and he's doing broadcasting right now. Bob Stoops, he's on Fox. I've heard his name as well with Florida State. What can they do to entice him to come out of that television contract to come back to college football? Well, you got Bob well, Stoops did some great things at Oklahoma. Let's face it, he did some great things. Yeah, but he you played if, every BCS game, all of them. Yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna bring Bob Stoops back over Dion, it's gonna be some controversy. Yeah, but then, then again, what contract will you give Bob Stoops? I mean, Bob Stoops was making almost over four million at Oklahoma. Oh, he, it's he, a contract. He may get an eight million dollar deal. They may pay that dude eight million. He has to be higher paid than Saban. No, he, he won't get that much. He won't get that much. He'll be a little bit up under Saban with the expectations, with the incentives, and his bonus. He can probably make that. I need an if on the contract. I just don't want a bowl game. You can't go to the to the uh what they call it, the college playoff. The Red Bull energy bowl game. No, we're not going right. to that. But I mean we if you're being a top tier bowl game. What the yeah. national championship for you to get this money. Here's your bonus. If this happened, you land us a top 50 recruit. Here's your bonus. Things like that. Let's make this an incentive-based contract if they go out to Bob Stoops. But I think those are the two picks, that Bob Stoops and Deion Sanders. That's kind of interesting. Now, it could be somebody that we haven't heard about or forgot about that's a coordinator somewhere, somebody that's already in the food chain on that team already that's been making noise that the players like because we all know players have a favorite coach outside of their head coach that's on the team. We all know that. Yeah, the coach that the coach that interim coach when Tiger got fired, they really liked him, but they didn't give him the head coaching job either. What was his damn name? I can't think of his name. He was the offensive coordinator. He was uh offensive line coach, I think. Yeah. Oh, his name is slipping my tongue for right now. But they didn't give him a shot. Trying to make a name for themselves on the high school level as well as the division two and, and three trying to make a name for themselves that are coming up the food chain very, very fast that are soon going to be household names and synonymous with these power five schools real, real quick. All right. So before we get our game of the week, I want to get two more games in. Then we'll go to the game of the week, which is 
our game of the week today will be Texas A&M versus Arkansas. Um, I want to get in. I want to get in the Oklahoma West Virginia game. This should be an interesting game here. So, what is your take? And is let's set the stage real quick here. I'm gonna do it real quick. This game is at 7:30s at Memorial Stadium in North in Norman, Oklahoma. Game's on ABC. West Virginia comes in two and one after beating uh, Virginia Tech, and Oklahoma is three and zero. Oh. So, what are you? What is your take about this game? High power West Virginia versus the high power Oklahoma. So, is it gonna be any defense played in this game? No defense at all. It's this could be a fifty-eight to sixty-two score. Here. This really could be one of those games, which I love on Saturday Night Football. I love those high-scoring games. And these two schools here could do it. I was a WV fan due to when Will Greer left Florida. That That's my B school, West Virginia, the Mountaineers. And if they could pull off the upset today and beat Oklahoma, I'm telling you, that other game we're going to talk about is going to have high significance if West Virginia beats Oklahoma. Boom, assume. I mean, if you look at if you look at this the situation, the Oklahoma really hadn't played their style. Lincoln Riley hasn't played Lincoln Riley style offense. Basically. Everybody keeps saying that, but as you pointed out, like in four occasions today, maybe this team can play the type of offense that Lincoln Riley wants them to play, and they're doing the best they can do. Coach, I'm doing the best I can do. Maybe it's one of those teams. So that, that that sentiment there is then Lincoln Riley didn't recruit the players that he wanted. Well, That's, he thought he was going to the NFL, and then somebody said halt, and he had to go back to work. And so realize, have, shit, yeah. I got to do my job. Because he thought he was going to the NFL, let's face it. right? Everybody thought he was going to get that Jacksonville Jaguars job. Everybody did. Even he thought. It. But slow down Lincoln. Now you got to do your collegiate job and coach these kids. Maybe he fell off the little a little bit for a few months, but maybe he's back to reality. But still, I don't, as you said, that's not the Lincoln Riley typical offense that's been playing this year that we yeah, I mean, put out there. Yeah. And then you had the Heisman, you know, you had the Heisman throw hopeful and um and Rattler. It's is it is his Heisman been hit on this since the way they've been struggling? For sure. They're attacking the program. They're attacking Lincoln Riley's credibility because the team is not playing the way they used to play. When he got that nod about the NFL, he changed. Maybe he's settled down now. I'm telling you, this week and next week, really next week, we're going to see a whole change in college football. They're going to really start playing next week. This is the last weekend to get that bullshit out the way. This is it. Well, I mean – they they got to play this way because West Virginia is not a slouch team. Not at all. I mean, not at all. If they if they think they're gonna come in here and, and go up and down the field with them, I mean, look at what Tulane did. Even though it was a home game, but it was in 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 Oklahoma and Morgan, it was more of a home. Yeah. I mean, they even painted the Tulane emblem in the middle of the field to make it look like it was the Tulane State. That was Tulane pretty State. cool. What they did that was yeah. pretty cool. But I mean, and Tulane played like it was a home game. But it was at really in Oklahoma. So what? I mean, when we take away from that game, and then we take away what Oklahoma did, you know, the other games, you know, and then 
what they did, you know, Tulane in Nebraska. So, the, you know, the running back almost hit 200 yards rushing, but didn't quite get there. I mean, we know that rushing attack. We know Rattler's a good runner, a good passer. But what's going to have to take for West Virginia to do it? Is, does West Virginia need to slow their offense down a little bit and go more of a running game to keep Rattler off? Or do they need to speed it up and try to get Oklahoma's defense tired? I think you started off this whole topic on this game here. There's not going to be any defense played on this game. It's going to be a 62 to 58 game. It's all about who has the ball last because everybody's going to score when they have the ball. Everybody's going to score. So slowing somebody down, maybe a miscue, an overthrow, a missed field goal, God forbid that. Because when kickers miss a field goal, when a team can win a game in college football, they don't get laid at all. So we're not going to bring it down to that at all. But it's about the defense, though. Which defense is going to show up? That, that's hard to tell in a matchup like this because they're both going to air the ball out, run the ball, extend the play. <laughs> Something great. A pick six is going to happen in this game. Special teams going to come into play. This is going to be a high-octane, high-octane, high-scoring game on both sides. Yeah, and so we're going to go ahead and make your prediction. What is the score going to be in this game? 62 to 58, West Virginia. Wow. What's Some the people were, 250? <laughs> no, 56.5. What is it? 56.5. So take that. I'm taking the over on that one. I think it's gonna be a high scoring game myself. Hell I think yeah. I think I think the I think the final score is gonna be 63-60. That's my opinion. And where they playing at? Oklahoma. Mm, mm, mm. Oklahoma fans, they're really fun in pregame too. They have good tailgating group. Yeah, just hope that hope the wagon don't turn over. <laughs> oh, the, the wagon's gonna turn to death in more <laughs> ways than one. So uh, I mean, if you wanna I'm gonna tell you what, fans, if you really want to see number offense at seven at seven thirty tonight, this is the game to watch. This the game. This that game. This is that game. If your kid plays football and wants to go to a school that's all about offense, this is the game to watch tonight. This is the one. So we're going to turn our attention down from a high open octane offense to more a defensive battle. If you were, if you like defense, this game might be the game you want to watch. The Notre Dame versus Wisconsin game tonight. Mm, mm, mm. And let me set the stage for you here. This game will be played at 12 Eastern time. Guess where the venue will be? Soldier Field in Chicago on Fox on. Network. Let me get this straight. The St. Louis Cardinals and the Chicago Cubs played a doubleheader yesterday in Chicago. And today, that college football game is there. And then tomorrow, isn't Justin Fields starting for the Bears against the Browns? Isn't that's that a big game in Chicago. Yeah, that's a isn't game that a home game? game? Yeah. Look here, ladies, if you want to make this man love you, you should have bought every ticket to the Cardinals game, that college game today, and that NFL game tomorrow. You're talking about a Valentine's Day coming early for a man. For a football fan, Chicago, hello. Yeah. Wow. I mean, we look at Notre Dame is 3-0, but one of the game against Florida State, that went in the tank. Two Number two was – 
the next thing was almost got beat by Toledo, the team that got hammered a week later by an awful Colorado State team. And number three, and the third point here is last week needed a late score, a few big plays to get a by a decent Purdue team. What is going to do, happen today against Wisconsin? See, Notre Dame and Purdue always play each other tough. That's the thing. Notre Dame has a very beatable offense. But when it comes to it actually being executed, you have issues with it. The Golden Domers, one of my good friends, Jay, is a huge fan of a uh, huge fan of Notre Dame. Rudy. And Rudy was offsides, by the way. Watch the movie. But Notre Dame needs to go back to the basics of the fundamentals, what Notre Dame is known for. Tight end influence, the slot receiver, the running back, I'm sorry, the quarterback making that ill-advised throw that turns out to be an impossible play. They need to go back to that type of Notre Dame football. It seems like Notre Dame is trying to play for the fans and the media. To me, to me. Yeah, if you look at Wisconsin, they they lost. I mean, the loss against Penn State, that was a great game. I watched it. That got me out of my seat. The whole game. I mean, if you like defense, that was a really good game because how many times? How many times Wisconsin got in the in the red zone and they got turned away? A lot. A very a lot. lot. A lot. And I'm talking about I'm talking about these guys making great plays. I mean, that one pick out of the middle of nowhere. This guy was he just jumped up there and really high and grabbed the ball out of you know from the five yard line, and it stopped it stopped the red zone drive there. So you know Wisconsin they had to have some you know, trouble, but then again, they have a couple wins over blowout teams in Eastern, Eastern Michigan. The Badger have now allowed just 66 rushing yards in two games. Um, it's number two in the nation total defense. They're getting their defense off the field in a hurry. They lead the nation in time possession and keeping the ball 41 minutes a game. So now Brian Kelly is, one again, one of them type of offense that likes to speed up a little bit. Will they – Will Wisconsin defense slow them down, or will Notre Dame try to possess the ball a little bit more? You just Let's described the, pers- the perfect recipe with Wisconsin's defense, which has been incredible, number two in the nation right now, going up against Notre Dame right now. And what Notre Dame is trying to bring to the table, you know, Brian Kelly likes to extend the play, stretch the field if he has the opportunity, throw a little trick play, play in there every now and then. So I want to be real – weary of that punt on a 45 yard line that could be a trick play watch out for that if it's like a fourth and five or fourth and six situation watch out for that i feel a trick play coming on right there but wisconsin the defense i'm not worried about it's capitalizing on the turnovers the special teams kick game and what the offense can do we know what the defense can do but what can that offense do against notre dame and let's face it, this is basically going to be a home game for Notre Dame playing in Chicago, coming from South Bend, Indiana. Yeah, I mean, if you look at if you look at it, that's that way too. I mean, still getting home cooking because I mean, Madison's only it's only like two, maybe an hour and a half, two hours away from Chicago. Depending uh, on who's driving. <laughs> actually, I know I know for a fact because. Well, I have a friend that lives in Chicago, and she we actually you've been everywhere, man. I swear, you, I'm gonna start calling you to, to travel. Hey, dude, and the Nate, man, you know, I met friends in the I met this, I met a friend in Hawaii, I met her, you know, there and stuff like that. So, you know, 
her husband was stationed with me and stuff like that. And we just all became good friends and stuff like that. Aloha. So I mean, 808 in the building. Yeah. I lived there for four years. So did I. So did I. Yeah. So, you know, you know, what is it? Um, Film New down in Waikiki. Oh, man. <laughs> I lived in Waikiki for six months. I think I aged five years in six months. I, <laughs> I don't hey, know, hey, I don't female, know why I did that. I hey, don't know fe- why I did that. Hey, you know, the females feel feel out like quick at age 15. There's <laughs> the water down there, man. My butt, my buddy. It's a true story. I'm gonna tell you real quick. My buddy, my buddy was dating a girl down there. I told him, I said, you need to ask the girl age. Oh, she's in the club. I said, you still need to ask the girl age. Oh no. So he took the girl back to her house and stuff like that. Dad walks in, and that's why you messing with my 12-year-old daughter. Oh my God. She now the girl looked like she was about 21. Wow. But she was 12 years old. All I mean Is he out of prison yet? Dad didn't press no charge. We lucked up on it because Man. because when he told her hey, she was in the club with a fake ID. Apparently, she he told her that she was twenty six years old. What? Yeah, the girl's twelve years proof. old. I need proof. No, oh, no, this girl. I need this, proof. This girl was twelve. Dad Man. walked right in. Is twenty one even legal nowadays? I, I, I'm really serious. Yeah. Serious, right? Now. Is twenty one legal now? Eighteen. I think they need to be twenty five now. Twenty five. Well, eighteen. Well, in Hawaii, the consent rate is um seventeen. I got there two months after they changed the drinking age from 18 to 21. Yep. They had changed it in 89. I got there two months too late. Oh, I yeah. was like, son of a biscuit eater. But yeah, so I mean, that was a you know, quick story about that. But anyway, you know, so we're looking at this game here. So what is your final prediction on this game? What is your score on this game? Will this be a low-scoring game? This I'm going to tell you. Low-scoring game. Very Hold on, let I'm going to tell you the over under right, right quick. 46.5 is the over and under. Oh, I'm taking that. I'm taking that. Oh, fuck yeah. That's doable. I got the Golden Domers winning this one here 17 to 3. 17 to 3. Notre Dame. I'm going the other way. I got Wisconsin winning 26 17. Upset Central. Yep. If, if Wisconsin beats Notre Dame, we got to move some. We got to carry the one. We got to put our line here. We got to wet the pen in our mouth. We're going to need a new piece of paper. We're going to tell the kids to be quiet. If Notre Dame loses today, watch the uproar that happens. Watch. This could offset. This is how the Titanic sank. This could off shift the kilter of the ship. Go. With a single shot. If Notre Dame loses the hot seat. With this put um, Kelly on the hot seat. No, no. Only way you lose a job from Notre Dame, no pun intended, is cheating on your wife and messing with a kid. That's the only way. That's the only way. Or lying on your resume. That's we already know about that, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> he did what? You didn't do a background check? I'm sorry. I, his last name was O'Brien. <laughs> yeah. So our game of the week is coming out of the SEC, Texas A&M and Arkansas. Arkansas, baby. 
Yeah, that's what we call them, Arkansas, because it's Arkansas in front. Yeah. You know. So this game, is, this game is taking place at three thirty. This take Blake is in Jerry World at AT and T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. The game will be watched on CBS. Texas A and M is three and zero. Arkansas is three and zero. We know why. We know why this game is played in Texas. Because Jerry mm-hmm. went to Arkansas. Yes, he went to Arkansas. Arkansas won. So, so far this year, they're one and zero with Jerry at the game. Well, Jerry be at he this game. He's gonna flip the coin too. He gonna he gonna flip the coin. So, what is the key for Arkansas who comes in to beat this Texas A and M team? Keep playing Arkansas Razorback football. Don't change nothing. Don't make any adjustments. Keep doing. What y'all been doing? Let's create our own turnover chain with a real live Razorback around our neck. We're going to ride a real live Razorback on a turnover. That would be something different for college football. Is that, yeah, Ar- that could be a no. Arkansas has gone from miserable to an okay 3-0 and team with a realistic shot at beating a top-10 caliber team. The defense has been terrific, and the offense isn't turning the ball over like they used to. Enough to matter, and the line has been strong from the start. Now, is this the time that Arkansas's line going to actually be able to stand up in the first real test of their season? This is a real test. This is that my mom on TV game. We playing in Dallas at Jerry World, national televised game. They're going to show out and show up. I got Arkansas all the way. I got family all through that state, so they're going to show up and show out. Arkansas, I don't think this will be an upset. I'm going to call this an expectation victory. An expectation victory? You well, I mean, I mean, if you if you look at Kansas, like, um, Arkansas last year, was miserable. They were just. But you saw some hints. You, look at you the, saw look at the games some. they lost. Look at the games they lost. Oh, I know. How they You've lost. Seen some clips. You seen some clips and stuff. Yeah. But I mean, if you look at the attack, Texas, you know, Texas, AM is ripping off 333 yards with a deep ground of options with the running back, along with the emergency of a quarterback, KG Jefferson, as top playmaker. The offense is doing more than than enough to go along with the plays of the defense that has only allowed 263 yards. So, will will Arkansas get over that 263 yards today? If the coaching staff did their homework, Jimbo Fisher is still Jimbo Fisher. He's not changing nothing. Still the same guy. Still He calling the same plays, just in a different color uniform. That's why I'm saying if Arkansas goes out here, I'm sorry, Arkansas go out, go out here and play how they've been playing the past few weeks, they can win this game. Don't change anything. Do not step away from the narrative of the game. Don't do it. I know that trick play is going to be right there, but don't do it. Don't give them the advantage because it's like a backyard game for both of these teams, it's like a home school for both of them. They both travel very well, very well. Yeah, AM, you know, if you look at this, AM is giving up 
gave up yards against Kent, Kent State's offense. They cranked up a production on everyone, but it wasn't a problem with the 41-10 win. But then you look at Colorado, only managed just 260 yards, and New Mexico only averaged nothing but 122 yards against Texas A&M defense. But, you know, like I said, you're not playing against a New Mexico team today. You're playing against another Power 5 team in your SEC cohorts, you know. So, I mean, if you look at it this way, anything can break open for this. Arkansas has lost nine straight in the series, but it always gives the Aggies a, a hard time. So, we know that's that's a fact, too. You know, Jimbo Fisher ain't on his P's and Q's. This team could come up here and just walk them right in jury, jury well. But, you know, since it is Jerry's own stadium and stuff like that, you think Jerry gave more tickets to Arkansas fans than Texas a You know he did. You know he did. You know exactly what he did. But what you said about how they played against New Mexico State impressed me with this, the linebackers in the secondary because New Mexico State usually airs the ball out. They usually throw that thing up, and I was impressed how they played the passing game. Man, that's the – that's the weary part in this game with me. If Arkansas wants to stretch the field, it could be a little difficult because they've already did their homework when they play New Mexico State. But if Arkansas just do what they've been doing the past few weeks, this could be a W for the Razorbacks in a big way. And I think we could probably – is it okay? Can we tear the goalpost down and walk it back to Augusta, Arkansas, Little Rock? A ball now, a not, not in the not the NFL goalposts because they got them things now anchored down into the ground, and they got a lever now they can hit the lever to knock them straight to the ground. So they I can't tell you what, this gonna be the second game we're rushing the field. So I mean, yeah, if you're looking at it this way, if Arkansas can run the ball, keep Jimbo Fisher's offense on the sideline, wear down the defense by the fourth quarter, this could be anybody's game. And the same thing with. Same thing with Texas A&M. Did they do their will and running in the running the ball and where Arkansas's defense down? They could be the other way around. So that, I mean, this is a toss-up game, but you know, but you got to look at it. Jumbo Fisher's got the you know the most coaching experience, and he's won a national title with Florida State. But now he's at Texas A&M, which he's doing better. He's resurging his career. So, do you really think Arkansas can go in there and derail this? this momentum that Texas Tech has built up over the last three weeks? I, I tell you what, we all know what Jimbo's about. He likes to throw the ball. He loves to throw the ball. He loves making your defense do crazy things, putting you in situations you don't know what's about to happen. He loves the shovel pass, loves throwing the ball big time to his receivers, loves it. If they can stop that and figure that out, and understand the substitutions. Let's hold back on the pass interference a little bit, but we need to get a little touch of feely. Come up a little bit. Don't play back. Don't give him so much of a cushion because if you give his receivers cushion, it's going to be a long day for the Razorbacks on defense. Long day. Yeah, and I look at this. I look at two different things here, too, about Jimbo Fisher. As you like, you say like he likes to throw them shovel passes and stuff like that. Will we see a trick play today out of Jimbo first? Yeah, of course. I call a trick play in the first quarter from Jimbo Fisher. First quarter. He's that dude. And he get 
They call it a poker face. He gives it away every time. It's when he crosses his arms and chews his gum with his mouth open and smiling. Something crazy is about to happen. I hope the cameraman is on him, but still be on the cheerleaders, cameraman B. But Jimbo gives it away when he has a good hand, when he thinks he knows the defensive scheme you've called. He's about to do that trick play. But I got it coming in the first quarter. How many times do you think Jimbo Fisher will go for it on fourth down? I say once today, just one time, one time, probably in the third quarter. One of those drives to piss off the offense. Maybe something happened on a previous play. Well, I'm, I'm going to shove it in your damn face now because he's that guy. He's that he's that poke coach. Jimbo does some little snide shit during the game. I don't know if you've ever paid attention to him, what he does while the game is going on, but he's that he's that poker. He's He's that dude. He's that dude. Yeah, I can tell you a little bit about Jimbo Fisher, and I can tell you here, and, and you know, it, it did come again when he was at Florida State. It did come when he was facing Larry Fedora, and you know, it did come when he faced um all the other some of the coaches. But that one game, Larry Fedora and all them, when he had Switzer and um, Trubisky and all that, and then that chop, the chop with the field goal kicker to come out, Jimbo Fisher before that. I caught wind of that. He, he came. They were interviewing him at halftime. They said, if this game comes down to the Carolina kicking, we're going to make him kick a 50-yard field goal, and he's going to miss because <laughs> that's just the way Jumbo Fisher was. So <laughs> somebody told that to Larry Fordor, and, and I got this word from Switzer himself. When I talked to him the other day, you know, when I watched the little interview he had on uh, Cleveland on a Cleveland station, uh-huh. and he stated he stated the fact that he did they did this. Larry Fedora called a play for him to run to the forty-five yard line to make sure it was a fifty-yard field goal and make sure that it was only like six seconds left in the game. And Larry Fedora was looking at Jumbo Fisher the whole time, and Jumbo Fisher, you know, he got his arm crossed, smiling, got the popping gum. Yeah, and Larry Fedora, before the guy kicked, he pointed at him across the field and told him to watch. Guy comes out there and kicks a 50-yard field goal. Jimbo Fisher thought it was short, it wasn't. Guy raised his hand. All the I was sitting in the Florida State student section, and, and the whole time they were talking, "Oh, your guy ain't gonna make it. Your guy, Jimbo Fisher, told us they ain't gonna be able to make a 50-yard field goal." Blah blah blah. Student section all pumped up. Dude kicks it, makes it through. Stadium shuts up just like that. Was this the same game when Florida State kicker had the hot girlfriend and the cameraman put the camera on her? I think so. Okay. I remember that game. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, it's the Carolina kicker. He kicked the field goal before the ball even went across the field goal. He was already doing the, he was already doing the, the broken <laughs> chop. He was already starting. He's a field goal kicker, kicked the ball and he started running with the chop thing before the ball. Oh, even right. Yes, I do remember that game. Yeah, I do and, remember And the girl, that. Yeah. I, I can remember the girl in front of me where her boyfriend turned around and told me, just shut up, sit down, because you're about to lose. Yeah, yep, that whole thing was caught by the cameraman. Yes, 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 I do remember that. And the dude kicks it, and she said, why is that fool I have acting like he just won the game? Because he just won the game. <laughs> He said, "What?" She's like, "Yeah, the ball just went through. Watch, watch the referee's arms, Ref- like that. Didn't he go like that? That means there he won. 
I said, yeah, now you and your boyfriend can go party, whatever y'all do after the game. But yeah, got to do. But we won this game. Yeah, so uh, you know, I I do look. You notify, you know, Jimbo Fisher and stuff like that. The so way he, in a way, you don't up. like Jimbo Fisher. In a way, I I really don't like him because <laughs> I think I think Florida State did Bobby Bowden wrong. Of course they look. We have learned through movies, books, television, our upbringing. Sports does not care about you. It doesn't care. You can love it. You can show your appreciation. Everything you can give sports, it will give nothing back to you. And we keep thinking that sports is going to give us something back. It will never do that. That was going to happen, Bobby Bowden. It's going to happen again in a few more coaches on the way out because they don't know how to stop going to work. That's all they know. That's all they know. It took his passion away. Well, we got about 20 minutes left in this show here, and we're going to play what we call pick the game and who wins. Okay. And we're going to start keeping track today. I'm going to go back and write everything that we pick, who wins, and we're going to pick the games that we picked before and we're going to say them here this is going to be officially documented thing we're going to go from week where we're week four now i think i won last week but go ahead yeah so all right we're going to solve the schedule this we're going to start right here at noon we said number two georgia we both agreed that georgia's gonna win this game correct correct penn state villanova i know i said penn state you you weren't you weren't on the show so who you got penn state okay Number 12, Notre Dame. Number 18, Wisconsin. You got Notre Dame. I got Wisconsin. Notre Dame. LSU, Mississippi State. You have? I got Mississippi State. I, I'm going to play devil's advocate. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take LSU on this one. Um, Missouri and Boston College. Jesus. What are they playing this game at? It's in Boston College, Chestnut uh, Hill. Ah. Uh, ESPN two at twelve o'clock. Uh, ACC versus SEC. Oh God, I take Mizzou in this one. I'm gonna take Boston College because they're playing in Boston College, and Boston College is a tough team to play up in Chestnut Hill, yeah, especially if the wind's blowing. Okay. All right, so we're gonna go a little bit smaller school here: Florida International at Central Michigan, twelve o'clock. This is an ESPN Plus game. Give me Central Michigan. Um, I'm on. I I'll go with that because I don't know Florida International. They've been playing. They played good first game of the season. They've been playing bad the last two games. I like Central Michigan cheerleaders. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go because you know back to when Pike was there. You know the little rowboat showing. I think they're gonna do a lot of rowboating today. <laughs> In that end zone, they're gonna be doing a lot of robot. So, you know, the chili is gonna have the athletics and there it is, learn the road. So, all right, so we're gonna go a little bit down here. Pitt's got a small team playing in New Hampshire, playing New Hampshire's playing in Pitt. We know they play at Heinz Field, they turn it into a college stadium. We know Pitt's defense is good. So, who do you have in this game? Give me, you see an upset. I want Pitt, yeah, Pitt. This is going to be another like a high school game, you know. <laughs> well, Virginia Tech lost to West Virginia. They take a step down. They go and play Richmond 
in Lane Stadium. Sandman is rocking. I think this game is not going to be close. I got Virginia Tech. Who you got? Give me Vitek all day. So Black Sandman Brown. will be playing rain today. So they get back on their winning ways. Bowling Green will go into Minnesota at 12 o'clock. Who do you have? Give me Bowling Green on this one. Give, give me Bowling Green. So you think Bowling Green is going to go yeah. into Minnesota yes. in a Power like 5 conference offense. and win? I like that offense. I say Minnesota. I say Minnesota wins by a hair of the skinny tin, uh, the skin of the teeth. They better win with that complex they have up there, but I still got Bowling Green. Now Ohio at Northwestern. Does Northwestern get back on the winning ways? Isn't the Ohio State University missing a quarterback today? No, this is just Ohio, not the Ohio oh, State. Okay. This is Ohio. Ohio. Oh, I got Northwestern. I'm gonna pull the upset. I'm gonna say Ohio gonna go in there upset. Because mm. it's a high noon game, and you're going to go out in the streets. You're playing in. Oh, they the went game. out last night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they went out. They kicked it last night. I agree with you, but I still got Northwestern. All right. Battle of Texas. Eight, SMU at TCU. Who do oh, you have? The Mustangs against the Horn Frogs. Give me them Horn Frogs all day, that being Texas Christian University. Yeah, I like I like Peterson. I like the way he gets upset and sweats all the time. So he's gonna he be sweating profusely, man. He he, he, he sweats be, like he's under interrogation. He's, he's <laughs> gonna change. He's gonna change his clothes at halftime. Like and Bill when he changes, hey, <laughs> when he changes his clothes at halftime, that's when they're gonna go and start going on the scoring barrage. I'd take TCU or SMU any day. Yeah, give me TCU. All right, Texas Tech and Texas. Oh, I know man. you said it early. Are you going to change your answer on this one? I, I said Texas, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah, I got Texas, but I, I like them Red Raiders. I love them. I, I, it's something about Lubbock, Texas that I just love. Something about them. But I got Texas winning this game, and they need to win this game for identity purposes and for the hot women in Austin. Stand up. Appreciate that. <laughs> got to applaud I think, I think I think – this is what's going to happen in this game. That Devo is going to get out of the cage. They're going to catch him. Texas, Texas Tech is going to catch. It's going to lasso Texas. I think the Red Raiders will win by a field goal. The Red Raiders in an upset. I like it. That's All right. Goal. We got Wagner at Temple. Mm, I'm an Owl fan. Give me Temple. I, I think the batteries will be flowing in Temple. I think Temple's going to take away with the victory here, so they can keep the batteries in the in the um, pockets today. <laughs> we got we got Miami Ohio at Army. Who's going to take this one? As a Navy man, give me Miami Ohio. Give me Miami Ohio. Well, I'm a Navy guy too. You know, Army Navy. We had, I mean, when I was in service, Army didn't win too many times. When I got out of service, Army started winning a little bit. Navy. So, to me, I can't do it. I got to go with Miami, Ohio. There it is. You know, you got to keep the West Point midnights and whatever you want to call it. Keeping the Black Knights. Keeping their spot. Yeah. The donkey. <laughs> the donkey staying in, in the barn tonight. Okay, this game will be Battle of the State. Boise State versus Utah State. 
All the Utans in the buildings. I like the Uten women. They have some Yetis up there, women over six feet, which I appreciate. But give me the Blue Bonnet. Give me Boise State. Give me the Broncos. Give me them. I think I think because game is played in in Utah is at noon, so technically it's a nine o'clock game in the morning there. Jesus, them kids you are know, still hungover. Yeah, no beer is gonna be flowing in that in that <laughs> that game today. So I think boys, I think boys on the offensive line right now. I think the potato. I, I think you know. I think the potato will be coming full swing. They will bring the French fries with them. So mm -hmm. I think Boise State will win. Oh, the Utens. So Central Connecticut going down to Miami to play the U. What are we going to see today from the U? The U better win this game in a blowout, shutout. Or Ed Reed could get dressed up and get on the field and pretend to be another player. The U needs this victory big time, big time. You're talking about a shocker with Deion Sanders. What if the U goes out to Deion? I don't say I don't know. That'd be kind of that way. We kind of slap in the face of Florida State right there. Hey, you don't think that's a slap in the face? Not hiring him? Hello? Yeah. So. I, I'm taking it. I'm taking Miami. I don't know nothing about really about Central Connecticut. The double, the picture of a double doesn't set well with me. So I'm going with you on that one. <laughs> I mean, that double looks like like a Duke double, you know. Now nah, you can't go with a it's team. Like a, it's like a double. woman with a tattoo of a baby on her right butt cheek. I can't do it. I, no, no. Uh, UMass going into number 17, Coastal Carolina, at 1 o'clock ESPN+. Plus. Who do you have in that game? Give me Coastal Carolina all day. I'm about that action, boss. I well, won a lot of money off of Coastal Carolina last year. <laughs> well, they, they, the team out of Conway, South Carolina, outside of Maryland Beach, the Chanticleers, I got them all the time because UMass is not playing very well. When you're on the outskirts of Myrtle Beach, you can't be nothing but the next door neighbors to the hottest party spot, spot on town. Coastal Carolina all day. Yeah, I seen too many. I seen too many stuff. I that's our. We got out, that's where we go at when we got out of high school straight to Myrtle Beach. We left the graduation. Actually, I left my graduation after I got my diploma. I got while well, I got my diploma, and I told the principal the day before I was getting my diploma. And I kept walking because it's my birthday. <laughs> I had I had I had a hotel waiting down in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, for me. I got my diploma. I told my mom, I said, "You can sit there for the whole graduation, but you see me get my diploma, I'm gonna show it up to you. And I'm gonna keep walking the stage." And I, and the principal didn't think I was gonna do it. I got my diploma. I said goodbye to my mom, waved at her, went straight out, didn't go back to my seat, went straight to the thing. Everybody looking at me like, "Where's he going?" And then, <laughs> I got plans. And then on the back of my and then on the back of my um. Captain, on the back of my gown, Captain Gown, it said goodbye, hitting the Myrtle Beach. Oh, no, you had stencil on the back of you. Look at you. You, you, you prime-timed it right there, huh? Yeah. When I lived in Charlotte, I used to go down to Myrtle Beach quite a bit, hitting the 501 down there, going to oh, yeah. Conway. I had a good time in Myrtle Beach, North Myrtle Beach as well. Oh, yeah. All the women down there, the NASCAR Cafe, Hard Rock Cafe. Oh, all right. So we got a we got an analyst on here. He's he's a I guess he's alumni or he's a big fan of San Jose State. They're going into Western Michigan today. Who do you have? I love San Jose State passing game. Period. 
period. I don't know who called the players for them, but the guy obviously played video games as a child. Watch how they chuck that ball. San Jose can throw the ball. Give me that ball. I think San Jose State is going to go into Western Michigan and they're going to be throwing the ball all the way back to San Jose State in California. And I, I think this is, the defense for Western Michigan is awful. I think this is going to be a barometer. And if you want to, if, I wish I know, want to know the, I wish I knew the over and under in this game because you better want, might want to take the over in this game. I feel 70 points are going to be scored somewhere in college football today in more than one game. So now we're going to go into Toledo. And they're playing at Ball State at two o'clock. Who do you have? Ball State. Ball State. Uh, David Letterman's alma mater. Give me Ball State. I'm taking it to Toledo. Oh, the Torpedoes, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the Rockets. Yeah, the Rockets. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we got another Texas State team going into Eastern Michigan. Eastern Michigan and Texas State. Yep. Where's this game at? Eastern Michigan. Give me Eastern Michigan. Give me I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you, I can't go against a, a a Texas team that's got some Texas football players because you know Texas is known for high school football. They got high school stadiums over 25. I think Texas State will walk in and kick a field goal and walk out. <laughs> Nine nothing all day. <laughs> If you want to see a baseball score, I think that could be a baseball score. It, it possibly could, but I still got Eastern Michigan on this. <laughs> How about Maine going into Northern Illinois? Give me Northern Illinois, man. Yeah, I, I don't know. Softball up there. Love the people in Northern. Uh, 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 what's his name? Tony Romo went there. Yeah. I, can, I can't go. I, I'm sorry. I just can't do it. I can't go with Maine. You know, it's something about Maine and near up there, up north. I don't know anyone from Maine, so I'm going with Northern Illinois. I'll, I'll take it Northern. I'll just take the Northern Illinois, but I just hope it ain't gonna be no shooting de- around that. Around yeah, that thing, you know? yeah, already nowhere. Fans, nowhere. y'all stay safe out there in Northern Illinois. You know? Gotcha. Yeah. All right, Washington State at Utah. Boy, them Utahs all over the place. I like Washington State, though. I like them. I like Washington State. They got some good fans. Well, yeah, you know, my ex-wife's brother went to Utah. In the so your wife went to Utah? No, my ex, my ex-wife's brother went to Utah. Okay. So on that, I'm gonna have to go with Washington State. Gotcha. All right, Colorado State at number five, Iowa. Iowa. Yes. You know, the fourth quarter, they stand up and wave to the kids. They can stand up and wave to the kids in the second quarter because the game will be over by the second quarter. Just wave to the kids, guys. Wave to the kids. Wave yeah. to the kids. I think they've been waving to the kids more than they would be waving at, at, at the game. That's awesome. So we all picked the Texas A&M number 16, Arkansas. You change your mind. baby. I'm going I'm, to. Uh, I'm going to say with Jimbo Fisher, I think he's just going to be too cocky. I think he's going to have a trick play, and that trick play is going to win in the fourth quarter. Mm. Don't know what the trick play is going to be, but it's going to be some kind of trick. It's going to be something. Or it could be a trick-or-treat and uh, take themselves right out of the game, it's a too. It's the Halloween call in football. I like it. So, number nine, Clemson versus North Carolina State. You changing your mind on that one? No. I got the Wolfpack. 
I got the Wolf Pack really sending them. Clemson going to have an identity. Dabo Swinney going to have an issue in that locker room the day after the game. He may destroy some shit. Well, you know, I got some North Carolina State friends probably shining the boots, thinks I'm going to change my mind, all this stuff like that. So I say if if it all comes to tuition, I say North Carolina State has got a better kicking game than Clemson. I think North Carolina wins by, you know, two points. It would be a field goal win at the end of the game. It's just going to be that close of a game. I don't think that. It's gonna be a strategy for any other team. I, you know, I, I would like it. I could see a three nothing game, North Carolina State myself. Hell no, that's too low. <laughs> I like where your heads at, but no way possible. No, no. Hey, we didn't think that Georgia game was gonna be that that low scoring game either. Well, I figured out something about Georgia last week. Good luck running the ball against them. Oh yeah, good luck. Good luck. Good but then if, Clemson, if Clemson gets that running game against North Carolina State without Willis there, then they, you know North Carolina State could be running uphill too. Turnovers though, man. He got he got a case of the yips. Can't but if that running, I think if that running game is going, just keep feeding the running back the ball. I don't believe in that method. You got one time to fumble. Clemson can't lose anymore. In the eyes of Dabo Sweeney, in the eyes of college football, in the eyes of analytics, in well, the big game, they can't lose anymore. Well, they picked to win the ACC. I don't see it. It's going to be a struggle. This may be one of the toughest matches they've had in quite some time. All right, number 14, Iowa State going into Waco. Are we going to change our mind on that, or are we just going to stay with the teams? Can we both take Iowa State? Yep. Yep. In the Cyclones. All righty, Rutgers. Going into the big house at number 19, Michigan. Michigan. But this bit of game, Jim Harbaugh loses mind. Captain Khaki Pants. I want him to wear some khaki shorts just one time. And this could be battle of the khaki pants because you know, you know, uh Rutgers head coach don't change his he, he keeps the same color pants if they're winning. <laughs> and last game he won was with khaki. So this could be a battle of the khaki pants. Oh, man. I love the Jim Harbaugh memes and the lookalikes, man, from the kids to the college students to the student body section and the fans, the alumni. I love the way they make fun of this dude. But Michigan needs to win this game in more ways than one. Well, I mean, if you look at it this way, if you want a Rutgers to call it an upset here and, you know, in the big house, I think if Michigan does lose this game, I think the big house will bring rotten tomatoes out. But I don't think they can keep it in the ketchup bottle today. I think Michigan <laughs> will take it. But Rutgers gives Michigan a hard time in the first half every year. They give them a hard time. Yeah, but I think I think I think Kamara. I think the quarterback has got his head on right right now. I think Michigan's offense is playing it at the best. I hope so. But you know. You never know, um, Greg Santiago, the Rutgers coach coming back. You know, he had great success at Rutgers the first time before yep. trying to test his water into the NFL, which he didn't make very well of. Had to come back with people listening to him. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I think this, I think he's hitting the Scarlet Knights in the right direction, but I think the right direction is not today in the big house. Yeah, it should be a good game though, but Michigan needs this in a big way. Big way. All right, UTSA versus Memphis. University of Texas, San Antonio at Memphis. Give me them Tigers. Give me them Tigers. Yeah, I think, I think, I think this, what is that famous street in, in Memphis? 
I think Bill that's just going to be part of it. Yeah, they got a famous street down in Memphis. Is that um, Bill Street? Yeah, Bill Street. I think that's just going to be partying on Bill Street. I think I think the girls will be, you know, trying to take off their top parts for everybody to see, you know. I don't know how the women in Memphis look. I've only met visitors when I go to Memphis, so I don't know. Well, that's a big visitor town because, you know, I don't you know, know if the are really hot there. I, I don't know. I was Memphis telling you, of, of the women hot in Memphis, I'm asking for a friend. But anyway <laughs> – I think I think they'll be partying on um, Bill Street. I think Elvis will probably be partying in Graceland too. Elvis may be walking. Yeah, I think you might see Elvis at the game. But I, th- I think I think if you see Elvis at the game, UTSA has been starstruck. <laughs> so Memphis said, "I got Memphis winning this game." Me too. Are we, ch- are we changing our mind for the LSU and Florida State game? No, I got Florida State. Well, to me, I want Louisville to win because my my wife here is she's Wait a minute, we had LSU and Florida State, or what did you say? Louisville and Florida. Oh, State. Louisville and Florida State. Yeah. Yeah, I got Florida State winning this. Well, I kind of want Louisville to win because my wife is a Florida State fan, so I can just keep having bragging rights. That her team ain't won yet. You want to sleep real nice, no problems. You better pick them to win. I ain't worried about it because I don't. I go to bed. I go to bed after she goes to bed. Like <laughs> <laughs> a big little But I, I, I think Florida State will not go zero four. I think I'm gonna change my mind on this one. If I they go zero and four, we're gonna see breaking news. I think I think Florida State wins by a field goal, and I think the field goal is gonna. I think the field. I think the field goal is gonna hit the upright and bounce in for them to win. In the words of Bobby Bowden, that gun. All right, Illinois versus Purdue. Indiana versus the state of Illinois. Give me Purdue. I like them Boilermakers. There's something about them Boilermakers I like. Well, I'm going to take Purdue because Brett Bilma, all his wins come at the beginning of the season. He's 12-1 and at the beginning of the season. The rest of the time, he's no good. He's a happy, fat guy. I like him, too. All right, we got Kent State going into Maryland. The turtle. Fear the turtle, baby. Fear the turtle. Give me Maryland. Well, you know, they changed the name of Bird Stadium. You know, I used to like the word name Bird, Bird Stadium. You know, I went there a couple of times when Carolina played Maryland when Julius Pepper was there when I was stationed up there. You got to see Julius Pepper's play. And, you know, they say fear the Terps. I think today Penn State will fear the Terps. I think the snapping turtles will, will snap all over them. I think Maryland will destroy them. So I get I got Maryland too. What was the White great Owens. basketball player at Maryland? Lynn Bias. No, no, no. After him. Uh Steve Francis. Right. Francis. Stevie, uh no. Um oh my god, what's the kid name? He got a statue for his parents on the campus. Oh man, he won a right. uh championship. Uh, I okay. saw him play against Carolina. Yeah, I, I can't think of his name. The white, yeah. yeah. I I can't think of his name now. Yeah, he, he always gave us trouble. But anyway, so we're going into what we're going to Wyoming is going into Yukon. Who do you have? What, the Huskies and the Cowboys? Yeah. In the words the dogs of the Molly Karam, uh Molly Karam on ESPN. Give me Yukon. I think Wyoming's coming in there to wrap the 
They're going to wrap the dogs like they do the bulls, and Wyoming's going to go home with the win. <laughs> how about Townsend at San Diego State? Townsend State? No, Townsend. Oh, Townsend. San, San, Diego State. San Diego State. Give me San Diego State. Well, you know, Gwen can't help him because he played baseball there, you know. He can't help him there in football. Right. So, I think – but I think San Diego State will win this game. It's just Townsend, man. They're outside of outside of Baltimore, small school. I don't think they have enough talent really to counteract the California talent. But then, right. you know, but you, you go out there, you know, they might be out there smoking the joint because they get to smoke the joint out there, and you know, <laughs> in California. So, so I think I think San Diego State in California. I think the smell of marijuana is gonna <laughs> upset them too bad. I think San Diego State wins. All right, Georgia State going in to O'Hare Stadium at number 23, Auburn. Who do you have? Give me them Auburn Tigers. Yeah, my, I got a friend at church. You know, he get mad if I pick against them in this game. But they are playing a high school team. Carolina destroyed the Georgia State team. I think Auburn wins. Right. All right, so now we got the battle of two basketball schools, Kansas and Duke. Who do you have in this game? Give me them Blue Devils all day, man. Oh, this like ain't basketball. Nothing, nothing. This ain't basketball. They're playing well, but I think they got a good running back, and I think the running back will destroy Kansas. So I have to go with Duke on this one. I like Duke's defense and special teams. Well, they got a good running back. So his quarterback's still suspect, but yeah. How much time we got left to kick off? Oh, we already over kickoff. Okay. But you want to you want to finish out the game? Yeah. All right. So kickoff's already started. We're gonna go over a little overtime. We're gonna do the quarterback overtime. We're gonna go about about six or seven more overtimes here to get all these games in. If you want to stick around, you can. But we're still gonna be on the air. You know, we got everything kicking here. So, all righty. So now where we we left off the do Arkansas. Arkansas State versus Tulsa. Arkansas State versus Tulsa? Yep. Give me Tulsa. Yeah, the Red Wolves ain't going to go into Tulsa and win. I think Tulsa is going to hand it to him. Number 24, UCLA versus Stanford. At Ooh. Stanford. Ooh. Ooh, man. This is a hidden agenda game. Both of these schools need this victory, but give me Stanford. Give me the Cardinals. Well, you got one that plays offense. You got one that plays defense. I think the defense is going to take it, but I think Chip Kelly is going to win. I think number 24 is going to go in there and pull the ups, pull the victory. Not an upset, but a victory. How about the Buffalo versus Old Dominion? Buffalo versus who? Old Dominion. Ooh, I like Old Dominion. I like that. Yes, I think I think the Hampton Roads area, Norfolk, Virginia, Hamp, down Hampton Boulevard is going to be partying tonight. Yes, I think, Buff- kick it. I think Buffalo is going to come in there. They're going to be shocked, and I think Old Dominion will win that one myself. Charleston Southern versus East Carolina. Versus what Carolina? East Carolina. That's the Pirates. Yeah. Yeah, give me them. Give me ECU. Well, it's going to be party on the hill because that's what they do after ECU wins every game. They go over there, party on the hill to get drunk. It's a party school, party atmosphere. Yes, it is. So, I can't the quarterback they had that was there that was really good. It was a brother that came to the NFL. Uh, uh, Durant. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. played at Dur he played at Durham Riverside. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. And then yeah. he played for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, yeah, buddy. I went up there for a couple of games back in '97. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they win. They go to the party. I was there when they I was there when ECU beat Miami. No way. That was a yep. big game, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a party on the hill. All right. So, well, we're moving our way down here, getting close to a game that you're going to be particularly here in a few minutes. But we, before we do that, we're going to have to stop in, in Georgia Southern to take on the Louisiana at Georgia Southern. Louisiana as uh, in uh, the Raging Cajun? Yeah. Give me the Raging Cajuns all day. Well, yeah, it ain't going to be a good day for Georgia. In Georgia, unless the Bulldogs win, but you know the other teams are going to lose. So, yep. So I get Louisiana. We got to make one more stop into Texas. We're going to go to Texas Southern at Rice. Ooh, Texas Southern. So much history there. So much history. Give me Texas Southern. Yeah, I think Rice is just going to throw a lot of Rice on the field today. So <laughs> I think Texas is going to win. Texas Southern going to win. Well, well, well. Tennessee. We'll go into the swamp at number eleven, Florida. So let me admit. So what what's the score gonna be in this game? 27-13, Florida. Well, I think the Gator Chomp is gonna be keep going, but you know, you know, the hit the history with Tennessee and Florida goes all the way back to Peyton Manning, but Peyton Manning can't come and save Tennessee today. I think Florida's gonna win. But Josh I think Josh um has got his this guy's hitting it in the right direction for Tennessee. Right two now. years away from being a household name yeah. again in the days of Philip Fulmer and Philip Rivers. I well, mean, we got we got Nebraska going into number twenty, Michigan State. Nebraska needs to win this game, man. Or Scott Frost is up out of there. I don't care what the AD has said in the press conference. I don't care what the local newspaper is saying. There are no more black shirts. There's no more. Cornhusker style football going on. I don't know what what they can't get together. As bad as I want Nebraska to win this game, and they need to win this game, Michigan State gonna beat Nebraska. Well, the Cornhuskers, you know, I got a friend at church. He's from Nebraska. He's a big Cornhusker fan. But today, I have to say they're not gonna win today. They're gonna throw a lot of corn back in the field. They got to go back to picking corn. Um, I think what Chicago's going to – he think he's throwing corn today. You know, Martinez will throw by about five or six interceptions, maybe one for pick six. So, I think I think Scott Frost is going to be hitting for a new job. I, I think he needs to go – He should have stayed at Central Florida. No, nah, he had to go back and pick corn. Should have stayed so, there. Shouldn't have left. So, his new job is going to be picking corn in Nebraska, but not as a corn husband coach. <laughs> so, I think Michigan State will win oh, pretty easily in this game. Number 25, Kansas State at Oklahoma State. Give me the Cowboys. Give me Oklahoma State. Now, nah, Cowboys, they can't do it. I think the, I think the uh, Wildcats are going to come in and eat, bite them, put, take the pipes out of them because Oklahoma State has been atrocious. I used to like and, Kansas State when Michael Bishop was the quarterback. He was tough. Yeah. You know, I think Kansas State is going to go back and they're going to win this game. I think it's going to be pretty big. It's going to probably be a lopsided. Cowboys are just going to be mm. – the guns are not going to be smoking today. Mm. 
We got a scoop and score. We got a scoop and ah. LSU just got a turnover. Oh. Well, we got that. How about Kentucky versus the South Carolina Gamecock in South Carolina at the dumbest stadium downtown in Columbia? Mm, mm, mm. I'm a Kentucky fanatic in basketball. I appreciate what the football program has done. But it's something about them Gamecocks I love. Is it the cheerleaders? Is it the fans? It ain't the stadium. It ain't the stadium. You don't like the stadium? Uh, no, no, that statement is no, 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 no. Yes, I have been to the stadium. I have been by the stadium. I've been inside the stadium. That's it, William Price, right? Yeah. Yeah, that stadium, yeah. That stadium reminds me of Cameron Indoor Stadium on Duke campus where you go in there and you flush, to say, the toilet, you flush the toilet and you're hoping it don't overflow. I was about to say, Duke and Carolina don't have like prestige basketball arenas. But Spencer is better than. No, 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 no. It's not that good. It's not that good. You're okay. You're okay, but it's not that good. Well, the only bad thing about about Dean Dome is that the passageways are small. Very, very small. Yeah. But if you go inside the blue heaven, you look up, all them banners up there, you know, that's that's what teams look up and they'd be like. (laughs) Classic Carolina fan right there. (laughs) But anyway – Anyway, so you know, Kentucky's not playing basketball, they're playing football. I think, you know, I don't want to do this, but I think I think the Gamecocks will put out the chickens and let them bark chick peck all over them. I think the Gamecocks win with the quarterback that used to be a wasn't he a sportscaster or something? Yeah. Playing quarterback or something. Yep. News media guy. So I guess he went from the booth to playing quarterback and actually done pretty good. Um, he figured he could do it better than what he was talking about. Yeah. How about North Texas going into Louisiana Tech? Give me La Tech all day. Yeah, the former uh, Oklahoma Sooner um, player slash North Carolina offensive coordinator with under Larry Fedor, South Control at North Texas. But I think the uh, Louisiana Tech will win this game. Now, the Navy versus Houston at Houston. Give me my midshipmen all day. Navy, stand up. Well, I used to play in the option, so I know all about the option football. I know all about the Canada, how how defense got to prepare. I think the midshipmen is going to be chop blocking all day long. 9-3 ball game. Navy wins. Ooh, I thought it would be a little bit higher than that. I thought it was going to be like 23-20. But anyway, so number one, Alabama is going to play this team called Southern Miss where Brett Favre used to play for. <laughs> what is the final score in this game? This is going to be your 76 nothing game right here. 84-2. to two. No, it's 76 nothing, Alabama. 84-2. to two. Nick Saban's gonna have a heart attack in the first half, <laughs> and they're gonna they'll pour it on. It's gonna be a score. It's gonna be zero zero party in the mid. Ten minutes, and Nick Saban's gonna fuss, and Nick Saban they're gonna run off seventy six unanswered points. Right. West Virginia and Oklahoma. Are you changing your mind on this game? Give me to West Virginia all day. 
Well, I think the Sooner Booner Scooter is going to turn over, but in the wrong direction, I think West Virginia will come in and Brothers Heisman thing will be over. Akron versus number 10, oh, the Ohio State, which I only call it the Ohio State, not the Ohio State. Ohio We're going to dot the I and give me the Ohio State. Yeah, LeBron James is the only big thing to come out of Akron. Um but he didn't play no college ball. He went he went straight to the NBA. So he he's an Ohio State fan. That's pretty bad when you come from the state of you know the city of Akron. Don't even like your own home team. He don't even like Cleveland Indians. He likes the Yankees. And so they're gonna dot the eye, but the eye's gonna you know the band member's gonna fall when he tries to dot the eye. But Ohio State wins. Number 21, North Carolina will go into not Bobby Dodd Stadium. We know how North Carolina is jinxed by Bobby Dodd Stadium. But today, they will be going into the Atlanta Falcons Stadium to play this game. Who do you have winning this game? Man, where's Calvin Johnson at when you need him? I got Carolina beating Georgia Tech. I got Carolina destroying Georgia Tech. It's not going to be one of those games because Georgia Tech option team is not an option team no more, and he's still about two to three, about a year, two through two to three years to get all his recruits to replace all the option crew. So I think Georgia Tech thinks they're going to be playing option, but they're really not. I think Carolina's going to destroy him. I got Carolina in this game. Florida Atlantic versus the Air Force. Florida Atlantic versus the yep. Air Force. Yeah, Air Force. Yes, the Jets will be flying with the student pilots. There will be no crash today. Air Force will beat Florida Atlantic. UAB versus Tulane in Tulane. That's a good school. That's a good matchup. University of Alabama, Birmingham against Tulane. Mm-hmm. Give me the posse. Give me the green wave. Well, you know, they tried to disband UAB not once, not twice, not three times, four times. So I think UAB is taking it to heart. I think UAB will go into the green waves and ride the waves today. So I'm taking UAB. Indiana, the Hoosiers, at Western Kentucky. Give me Indiana. The Hilltoppers. You taking the Hoosiers? I think the Hoosiers gets back on a little bit of a, a wave. I think Indiana is a little bit more powerful than Western Kentucky. Kentucky is. I think I had Indiana myself. How about Troy versus UL University of Louisiana Monroe? University of Louisiana Monroe. Give me that. I think Troy is going to win. They're going to stick the knives in them and just walk off the field. Anyway, now we're going to go down and we're going to go where Hawaii is traveling away from Hawaii going all the way into New Mexico State. In Albuquerque, New Mexico. Give me who you have. Give me Hawaii all day. Eight oh eight in the building. Eight oh eight in the building. Well, they call the fighting rainbow warriors. Not not pun intended to the other rainbow community. I think I think Hawaii will come in there and ride the waves all the way from Hawaii into into New Mexico, and then ride the waves all the way back to Hawaii with the wind. New Mexico at UTEP. I mean, New Mexico. Yeah, I think the New Mexico team will come in and 
really take UTEP to heart. I think UTEP will look at it, but I think they can protect them. Their border. I take UTEP, but this football, I'm taking New Mexico. But I think UTEP is going to defend their border from. They think this team coming out of the Mexico region, but it's really not. It's called New Mexico. So I think UTEP is going to protect their borders today. California at Washington. Give me the Bears. Give me California. I think the dog's going to run wild on the bear. I think the bears go. I think the dog's going to chase the bears right out of the stadium. So I think I'll give me the Huskies on this one. All right. So we got our Duke and Cleveland here in South Florida at South Florida University versus number 15 BYU in Provo, Utah tonight. Give me Brigham Young. I'm taking BYU because, you know, at 10, 15 p.m., South Florida's already partying. You know, they don't want any ready for playing no games. So, like, number 15 BYU on this one. How many more games we got? We got three. Okay. Arizona at number three, Oregon. Arizona at Oregon? Yep. Man, I love me some Herm Edwards. He had Arizona State. So, give me yep. Oregon. Give me Oregon. Give me Oregon. Eugene's going to be happy tonight because they're going to be partying with the Ducks. <laughs> All right. Oregon State, the Beavers at USC. USC is trying to find out what's going on. So give me Oregon State. Give me the Beavers. Well, you know, we all like the Beavers, you know. Yes, we do. Punt, punt intended here, you know. But the Beavers will be wide open tonight. Give me the Beavers. Colorado at Arizona State. Man, give me Herm Edwards, man. Give me Arizona State. We play to win the game. Well, you can't bet against Arizona State. You can't bet against Herm Edwards. I like Herm Edwards. I like the way he's taking over the program and stuff like that. The Buffalo is going to be caged tonight. Buffalo is not going to be running wild because he got the pitchforks in him. I don't really like picking a double team, but, you know, I'm going with Arizona State in this game. So we have picked all the games today. Thanks for all the people that have been staying with us. Um, kickoff has already been going on for about 21 minutes. We went in overtime. We went in about five overtimes. You know, college football from the 25-yard line goes about six or seven overtimes before somebody wins. We already kicked a two-point conversion in this. So thanks to Dre Montez and Lyndon Chris, our production here crew, who stepped in first part of the morning. This is the ASAP Sports Network, the college breakdown on the Fox D Network and the ASAP Sports on the TV platform. Me, Ray Cruz, and Dre and Lyndon will catch you next week when ASAP College Sports pregame show, premiere pregame show in the college breakdown. Have a good night.
Cheers.